to Thursday night at the Speakeasy Cafe. We would like to invite you to take the stage for the Sound of Ink Open Mic Poetry Night. Now, let's get started. I want your ink in our ears. We're here, we're here, we're here. <laughs> and you have no idea what a miracle that is. You know, it's really funny. I was getting ready for the show tonight. Hi, everybody, by the way. Welcome to Speakeasy. <laughs> I was getting ready for the show tonight, and I was putting together our, uh, during, for our workshop portion, I was doing our poetry form challenge that, that we do every week. And I, w- I got so enthralled in that, and then I was going to like try to find an example that I could play for you. And then I fell down that whole YouTube hole. And then I look up and I've got 12 minutes till showtime. And so I'm, yes, Jimmy, I got the link out, (laughs) by the way. Thank you for reminding me, which is one of the things that actually made me look up. Um, But yeah, so I'm like mad dash. And I have now come to the realization and, and now understand that I can do all the, the where, I, where I spend all day long doing show prep, I don't need to do that. I can do it in 12 minutes because I'm here and we're on and everything's good. Welcome to Speakeasy, you guys. Very excited to be able to uh, spend this time with you tonight. I have been waiting and and waiting and waiting and it's like, oh, the night is finally here. I get to spend time with you and I'm really happy. So, yeah, there we go. All right, so let's get on track. First of all, as I said last week, and I will continue to say because it's still going, uh, Stormy, and, you know, especially Stormy, Gail Meyer, and Dave Kuhn, and I'm trying to pull the page up real quick. I'm not going to worry about pulling the page up. All of you guys have been working on the haikus. I'm just absolutely thrilled. I think Jimmy's done a couple of them if I'm not right you guys just gonna have to like put a quarter in when you get on put a quarter in me to keep me going here all right get me back on track but all of you who have been doing your haikus a day and doing them on the pages or listing them on your pages or something like that i cannot tell you how much my toes curl and my hair tingles and how happy and fluttery i get when i see those i'm serious it is so cool and by the way uh Dave Kuhn, you get extra cool kudo prizes because when I put up my prompt that said, if I said today is Thursday, you would say, and you were the first one to say the speakeasy. Mm-hmm. Teacher's pet. <laughs> All right. We're got, we have some things we're going to be going over before we get started. First thing I would like to do is give you the number if you would like to call in and read tonight. The number is 646-595-3965. That's 646-595-3965 if you'd like to call in and read. Next thing we need to do is go over some announcements real quick. If you're interested in putting together a writer's workshop with me, you can shoot me a message. Probably on Facebook would be the easiest, Nyla, N-Y-L-A, and the last name, Alicia, A-L-I-S-I-A. Shoot me a message. Let me know what you want to put together. I have a couple trips that I'm going to be on this summer, and so we will use those workshops to play on those uh, couple of days when I will not be here, unless, of course, Christopher Ryan will host for me, and then the shows will be live. Getting those workshops in there are important, and, uh, you know, I'm very accommodating whatever time frame, you, however you, we need to do this, record and put them on your computer, I'll do a phone call, conference call with you, and you can record it that way or do it live, whatever you want to do. 
um, just let me know and we will get those done. I've been seeming to have some problems coordinating with some people. So uh, I know we're all busy. But I'm real excited about doing those and bringing them to you. And I met some really cool people that's got some really cool stuff to do. So, All right, next thing I want to do is I want to thank our sponsors. This is very important, and, and I can't stress that enough. Those of you who stepped up to the plate and, you know, took a couple bucks, some of you took more than a couple bucks out of your pockets and helped donate towards our 2022 broadcasting license. I just want you to know how much we appreciate you. You know, that doesn't go unnoticed. We've been here 15 years on the air, and probably the last eight years you guys have jumped in, starting with our fuzzy hermit in the woods, James, um, was our sponsor the first year. You know, all of you have kind of jumped up and, and really taken ownership of this community, really made it your home, and have helped sponsor our broadcasting license. And, you know, at this point, literally, the show could not go on. We could not do this show without the help of our sponsors. I could not do this alone anymore. So I just want them to get the recognition that they deserve, so rightfully deserve. And so our 2022 sponsors are Karen DeWitt, Melvin Douglas Johnson, Gary and Noreen Snyder, Douglas Curry, George Wiley, Vicki Aqua, Debbie Kelly, Annie Tillery Waldo, Timothy Melton, Kevin Kraft, Alana Morris, Ronald P. Bremner, Jade Mist, Todd Carter, Paula Sweet, Lori Binder, Glenn Combs, and Trina Pierce. And I also want to thank those of you who made anonymous donations in the memory of John Music Mancase, the Appalachian poet Philip Kent Church. Ray Neighbors, Glenn Still, Charles C.B. Banks, Cherry Rose, King's Cadence, and Rick Smith II. Thank you, all of you, for supporting this home that we all love and this community. And you guys are awesome. All right, so do you guys know what time it is now? Guess what time it is now. Guess. I love my drum roll. <laughs> It is time for inspiration from the inkwell. All right, so get your pencils and papers out, get your journals, your notebooks, whatever you write in. I'm going to go through your workshop, the workshop portion of the show here. If you miss anything as I go through this, don't panic. All right, the show is archived, so after the show is done broadcasting, you can come back and listen to the um Listen to the first 15 minutes of the show and be able to write down anything that you miss as we go over this stuff. All right. Someone remind me. Someone remind me about the drawings. If I don't go back to the drawings before I bring someone on the air, someone remind me. Michael, you're the first caller, so remind me if I don't talk about the drawings. Okay. Anyway, so inspiration from the inkwell. We are going to start with your poetry form writing challenge, and this is what sucked me in and messed me up and got me all flustered because it's like, I can't do it, I can't do it. I did it, yeah. Um, so this week we are going to be looking at something really, really fun, and it's called the, Draman, the, the dramatic, mono, it's called dramatic Monologue Poetry. That is what it's called. And this form is, is actually chiefly associated with Robert Browning, who really kind of raised it to a highly 
sophisticated level um, in poems such as, uh, I don't know if you guys have heard this one, but My Last Duchess. It's a hard read because it's very much uh, the language, the, the, the thick Englishness of it is kind of hard for me to get through, which is weird because I love, you know, I, I do Shakespeare like drinking water. But it's a really cool poem if you get a chance to read it. Um, and we're going to be talking about that again in a moment. Um, but even though it is associated chiefly with him developing that form, it's actually much older than that. A lot of the old English poems are dra dramatic monologues. Um, for example, The Wanderer and the Seafarer. Okay. Um, the form is also common in folklore ballads, um, kind of a, a tradition that Robert Burns imitated um, in some of his work. And Shakespeare, I might add, had this form perfectly perfected. So what in the heck is dramatic monologue, mon monologue poetry? I'm trying to be so proper in English, and it's not looking at all. It's fun to write. That's what it is. But to be more specific, these poems are dramatic in the sense that they have a theatrical quality. The poem is meant to be read to an audience, and that's why you obviously see so many of these on stages <laughs> in place. Dramatic monologue poetry is meant to reflect emotion and have a little bit of flair when performed. And performance is a good word because it is meant to be performed and not just read. Um, you know, you would perform it much like an actor would do in a play. Um, and it should have like when you're when you're reading it, it should have a uh, very natural or even exaggerated animation of the emotion in the words written. You know, one of the things is it's it's basically like doing spoken word. You know, but that's kind of hard. How do you do that? We're not all you know we're not all actors, so just kind of a little hint. If you want, maybe bring some of these back to read, and you know are kind of worried about that, that whole emotion, inflections in it, the performance part of it. Practice reading it out loud. All right? Stand in front of a chair. Put a pillow on the back of a chair and pretend like it's somebody's head and read it over and over and over again, looking up, talking to the chair, talking to the, you know, reading it so that you get, you get in the habit of reading it as if you are speaking to somebody. And doing it out loud and animated like that is going to make a world of difference than just sitting there and reading it on the page in your head, reading it over and over and over. You want the words to leave your mouth. You want to hear. You want to develop the natural flow that you would say these words with. So that's just kind of a hint and something that, that I really had to work on hard when I first started doing uh, performance poetry. So that kind of covers the dramatic part, but let's look at the monologue part because this is where it gets really fun. So to say that the poem is a monologue means that these are words, the words of one solitary speaker with no dialogue coming in from any other characters. Think of it as a one-sided conversation where the poet's speaking directly to the listeners. All right. One bit of insight into the personality of this form is to remember that um, 
The subject does not have to be so much the bulk of the palm's worth. Did that even make sense? It did in my head. Think, um, think of it this way. What if the intent of the palm slowly comes to light through the subtle hints or clues or slips that are revealed throughout the palm about the person reading the monologue instead of the subject of the monologue itself being the topic of the palm? You know, where the reader gradually pieces together from the casual remarks or digressions of the speaker what the true message is and is inadvertently revealed about the speaker, or revealed by and about the speaker himself as he's going through his monologue. For, let's say, for example, okay, we talked about, I said I was going to talk about the Browning poem again. So in my last Duchess, the poem is about a painting of his last wife, all right? And as he is showing it off, the Italian aristocrat uh, unknowingly reveals his cruelty towards his wife, making the domestic abuse, the cruelty that he showed his wife, the true message of the poem, and not the painting itself. So while the poem is about the painting, the real message is about the cruelty he had for her and he showed her. Okay, so that's a really good example. So your monologue poetry, if I confused you, like I said, <laughs> this can, actually a good thing to do on any of these. All right, You'll, You should read some. And you might want to look at some more modern ones more contemporary from some of our contemporary poets. Uh, they're, the old English ones are very cool, but they tend to get a little complicated. Or maybe it's just me this week. But really do Google it and read some of them. Look at the different styles. Read some of the older ones and some of the newer ones and kind of get an idea of how they're done. You know, so the dramatic monologue of poems spoken by a character rather than the poets themselves. So you're actually creating a character, telling that character's story through his conversation, revealing things about the character themselves. Okay, so dramatic monologue, a poem spoken by a character rather than the poet themselves in a dramatic situation whereby that character reveals their personality through their speech. All right, Google the form. You can do some reading about it. There's some great examples you can listen to on YouTube, which is what sucked me in today, <laughs> that rabbit hole. So have fun with that, you guys. You should, I really would love to have you do this one. I want you to do all of them. Just do everything I say, and I'll be happy, okay? But this one especially is a really good challenge. I would love to see, I would love to see Jimmy Ray because he's so good at the, the storytelling aspect and creating interesting characters. This would be a good, way, good one for Word Machinist. All right. Next, guys, we're moving straight on to your poetry prompts. Now, remember, poetry prompts are like seeds planted. They are meant to grow into poems. Now, the prompt can be the title of your poem. It can be a line in your poem or the general concept of your poem. Like maybe you want to write a poem where the prompt is war, but you don't really want to say the word war. You want the reader to figure it out themselves. All right. So a title of a line in or the general concept of your poem. Beyond that, whatever you do with them is up to you. So let's get started on these. Number your paper 1 through 12 for me, if you would please. Let's start with number 1. Where I learned about love. 
where I learned about love. Number two, I'll never know if you knew. I'll never know if you knew. Three, the four o'clock poem. The four o'clock poem. Four, voices from the rubble. Voices from the rubble. Five, my flag of ragged cloth. My flag of ragged cloth. Six, too long in one place. Too long in one place. Seven, passing by the window. Passing by the window. Eight, nocturnal song. Nocturnal song. Nine, beyond the edges of silence. Beyond the edges of silence. Ten, when the wheel of chance when the wheel of chance stops. And I swear to God, you guys, if one of you does not do this next one, Michael, this would be a good one for you, but you're not big on homework all the time. But if someone does not write one to this one and bring it back so I can hear it, I'm going to be so sad. I'm going to be like curled up in the fetal position in the middle of my office floor, rocking back and forth, sobbing. Okay, and it's not going to be pretty, and you don't want that to happen. So somebody has to write a poem to number 11 and bring it back and read it. So, here we go. Number 11. A poet calls customer service. A poet calls customer service. Best prompt ever. Number 12. The thing is. The thing is. All right. Remember, you can write one poem to each prompt. You can mix and match them and grab number four and number eight, get number three, and then grab 12 down there. Oh, no, let's do 11. Okay, so mix and match the prompts, or you can use all the lines in one poem if you want to get real froggy. It's like the Rubik's Cube of prompts. Use all of them in one poem, all right? So those are your prompts for the week. Now keep those in mind because we are also using them in your writing exercise, which is your pick apart a prompt writing exercise. And this is meant to highlight that what you do with a prompt before you write to it is far more important than what you write to it. So before you sit down and write to those 12 prompts that I just gave you, you need to do this, all right? So starting with the first prompt that I gave you, which is where I learned about love, I'd like you to write that at the top of one of your journal pages. And then, under that, I want you to write the idea for at least six different poems you could write to that one prompt. All right? And then you'll move down to two and three and four all the way down to number 12. So when you're done, you'll have at least six different poems that you could write to that prompt, to each of the prompts. And I guarantee you, you will not make it all the way to the end without one of them grabbing a hold of you, and you'll be off and running because good ideas are like that. You'll get past those those knee-jerk reactions, those first instincts 
of when you hear something that inspires you and it's like, oh my gosh, I just got so inspired. No, you had knee-jerk reaction, muscle memory. Your brain was reacting to stimulus. Find something deeper. Go further. Don't write the typical. All right. So I know you're going to have fun with those. I'm going to run through them again one time very quickly. Number one, where I learned about love. Two, I'll never know if you knew. Three, the four o'clock poem. Four, voices from the rubble. Five, my flag of ragged cloth. Six, too long in one place. Seven, passing by the window. Eight, nocturnal song. Nine, beyond the edges of silence. Ten, when the wheel of chance stops. Number 11, a poet calls customer service. And 12, the thing is. So there you go, your pick apart a prompt, writing exercise prompts. <laughs> Write six different poems, ideas, six different ideas for six different poems to each one. And then you can sit down and write to your prompts, and you'll find something very cool in there. All right, remember we are we are focusing on reading, reading, reading. If you're not reading more than you are writing, you are doing it backwards. All right, and then write a haiku poem every day, and I love so much that you guys are doing this and I can read them. You have no idea. So write a haiku poem every day, three lines, five, seven, five, syllable count on those lines. Every day go out in the world and find something worth 17 syllables. All right? Find your haiku and all the rushing, rushing you do, point A to point B. Stop. Listen to your little muse running around inside you and jot those things down. All right? Next. Actually, that's it. That's it. That's all we have. That's it for this week's edition of Inspiration from the Inkwell, a mini workshop. If you missed anything, remember you can come back after the show and re-listen to the beginning of the archived podcast and get those written down. Going to play a recording. We always start and end every episode with an audio recording from one of you poets. So if you'd like to have your piece played on the air, you can shoot those over to me either on Facebook Messenger in MP3 format or on the email, which is the, T-H-E, the speakeasycafe at gmail.com. I can get them uploaded to the show's library and play them for the world. All right. We're going to start out the show with Sabrina Beeman. And this is called The Truth Has Three Sides. I drink my coffee black every morning. I like how looking at you makes me feel. Twice I asked to kiss you. The second time there was a lump in my throat. I like to believe it was a metaphor. A plain tumor is all it was. I have woken up, looked in the mirror and thought, okay, I look good today. If I am late, it is because I don't know how to plan time. Cut to me blushing, laughing. Of course, we were no full moon. In my poems, you are the dream of you. The falling stars are just glitter. Just thousands of tiny LED lights poured down from the sky. That July was a fire that minded its own business. The following June was just 30 days the moon was a strawberry. It wasn't the drugs. The shadows on the ceiling weren't dancing again. I was walking backwards when I met you. You are not the first boy who I wrote into existence or loved. That thought unties my shoelaces. Once we were a crescent moon, weightless as a smile. I love you. Still, I'm not sorry I don't want to write about you anymore. 
So let's see how long we can go without talking. This time, if we really try, maybe I will forget your birthday. I miss you, but I don't wish you were here. Two. Thanks for clapping. Two. You don't like coffee. You like what it does to your body. You like the way coffee makes your body feel, so you take your cream and sugar with coffee. I'm not sure why you kissed me back the first time. I suspect you liked what it did to your body. You liked the way my kiss made your body feel. Once, I let you wrap your palms around my neck to feel the tumor ride my throat like an elevator. You wear sweatshorts, and I still want to fuck you. Once. <laughs> you gave me a bouquet of pink roses, or was it a fury of your puckered lips when your elbow found mine in that crowd after a year of our mouths not speaking? I was not happy to see you. I was relieved. Once, you said a person is either a peacekeeper or a pot stirrer. Think about that for a second. We both knew which I am. I bet you think you're a peacekeeper. I bet you think magicians don't exist. You are the first dizzy wind spell to trip my tornado. Once you smiled in my direction and balloon on the loose, there I went so high, I forgot which came first, you or the dream of you. You told me once after work you took the bus all the way west to watch the sunset only to miss it. You said you were so glad you made it to me on time. If you came back, I would not ask why. You may say none of this ever happened. Whoops. And three. Sorry. All my markers are falling out. All right. This is the mishmash part. I drink my coffee black, but you don't like coffee. You like what it does to your body. You like the way coffee makes your body feel, so you take your cream and sugar with coffee every morning. This is not about you. I just like how looking at you makes me feel. Twice I asked to kiss you. The second time how you said, I just don't think I can give you what you want. Really not sure then why you kissed me back the first time. I suspect you liked what it did to your body. You liked the way my kiss made your body feel once there was a lump in my throat. I like to believe it was a metaphor for every feeling I have ever swallowed. A plain tumor is really all it was. See how this is my story. I have woken up, looked in the mirror, and thought, damn, I look good today, and you wear sweatshorts in public, and I still want to fuck you. Once you gave me a bouquet of pink roses, or was it a fury of your puckered lips? If I am late, it is because I was too anxious to leave. I don't know how to plan time, so when your elbow found mine in that crowd after a year of our mouths not speaking, I was not happy to see you. I was mad that I was relieved. Cut to me blushing, laughing, of course, weren't you dancing beside me? But we were no full moon. Once you said a person was either a peacekeeper or a pot stirrer, and we both knew which I am, and I bet you still think you're a peacekeeper. In my poems, you are the dream of you. Maybe is this alternate universe where the falling stars were just glitter, just thousands of tiny LED lights poured down from the sky. That July was a fire, but it minded its own business. And the following June was just 30 days the moon was a strawberry. It might have been the drugs. 
but the shadows on the ceiling were not dancing again. I was walking backwards when I met you. I made all of this magic, and I bet you think magicians don't exist. Well, you are not the first, boy, who I wrote into existence or loved. You are just the first dizzy wind spell to trip my tornado. That time you smiled in my direction. And balloon on the loose, there I went so high, I forgot which came first, you or the dream of you. And it's that thought that unties my shoelaces. Because once we were a crescent moon, weightless as a smile, and I love you. Still. I'm not sorry. I just can't write about you anymore. So let's see how long we can go without talking. This time, I will really try to forget your birthday. Maybe. If you came back, I would not ask why I miss you. But I don't wish you were here. And you may say none of this ever happened. But all of the details sure fit. So abracadabra. Thank you. Cool. I absolutely love in that piece how she takes all the repetitive ideas and reworks them in each stage to show a different side of the story. It's like behind the scenes of that line. I absolutely love the way she writes. Okay, guys, you know what time it is now, right? Mm-hmm. It's time for you poets. I'm very excited. We get to hear you read. If you would like to call in, the number is 646-595-3965. That's 646-595-3965 if you'd like to call and read tonight. If you are on hold, this is what you can expect. We do take callers in the order that you call in, such as I mentioned before, 731, you are our first caller tonight. So this is for your telephone area code. When I bring you on, make sure that you introduce yourself. It's really important that people know who's reading and that your name is attached to your work. All right? Right now you can read two poems. If the lines get too busy later on and we need to switch that up to just one, I will let you know. If it happens on your turn, I am so terribly sorry. But right now, you're good to read too. When you are done reading, be sure to give out your URL. You want to make sure that people know how to come find you, read more of your work. You know, the whole point of the, the whole motto of the show is, um, you know, inspire and be inspired. You know, make those connections with other writers. Let it feed your soul, feed your muses, you know, feed off of each other. No, we're not vampires, but, you know, those are some good poems too. Anyway. Make sure you get out your URL. And then please remember that we have a mature rating. That means absolutely anything goes, with the exception of hardcore erotica, no bumping body parts, no tab A into slot B, no no adult porn poems. Other than that, you are good to go with our mature rating. And, yeah, that's it. You know where that line is in that envelope? Don't push it. I'm going to give you the first three callers so you kind of have a heads up where you are. We have uh, 731 starting the show, followed by 702, followed by 219. All right. Let's go ahead and grab Michael, get Michael on the show. 731, are you with me? Yes. Yes, I am with you. I am. Is Jimmy Ray right behind me? He is. Wake him up. We're trying to do something. Hey, Jimmy. Hey. Hi. Hi. <laughs> um, Mike wants you. 
I officially oh, I yield to him. Rock, rock and roll, sir. He's going to introduce something yes, I'm going to read afterward. But in the meantime, let him go ahead and do his set first. Okay? Okay. Jimmy, would you like to start out the show tonight? Uh, sure. Okay. And, and uh, Michael, when he's done reading, I'm going to be quiet, and I want you to comment on his work. So right now you're the host, okay? Darn it, I'm sitting here trying to write what I'm going to read tonight. You're, you're, you're on the spot, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do, do you not want to do that? I do need to write. I'm writing something, really. I'll listen, but yeah. Okay, okay. All right, I won't do that to you then. But next time, bahaha. Hello, Jimmy. Okay, so hello, and uh, we're going to go ahead and get going with this because I'm, I'm dying to hear my good buddy Michael Reed. And uh, so, Nyla, you know, one of my o- oldest poems and recordings was Abattoir, which, of course, started out the character of Old Bill, which I've probably written more poems about than anybody else. Um, an interesting one that I wrote that I'm going to re- start out with here is it's called Word Machinist versus Old Bill. And it was kind of, you know, I try to challenge myself the way you do with the prompts. And my challenge was to include myself in a poem but not be reading it as myself. So I'm a secondary character in the poem reading about the battle of between the creator and the creation that he made. This is oh, Word Machinist cool. versus Old Bill. Yes. Unleashed, as the beast in my heart softly rages, we were placed like animals in cages in old times of the very essence. To dance one more time in the rose bushes, mindful of the thorns that stab ever deep. But blood is real and it can seep, bright, vibrant, red, and alive. Still the myriad tears that rent the night, for we have yet to fight again, and the new day appears as the old. Stories are told and we are just animals in cages, and the beast in my heart softly rages. He told us to call him Old Bill, that he was just the side of evil, yet not really a bad guy, a watcher doomed to repeat history, and the Listerine tastes bitter as we spit bad dreams into a sink. Pink is good, he says, for the blood is red and vibrant, bright and alive. There is a machine shop just down the road. We are forbidden from going there, for we've been told of an eccentric poet who heals with his words, but old Bill says he is not FDA approved. His tongue experimental, his rhymes ornamental, yet I have seen this dark poet in the recesses of his machine shop, in the bowels of midnight, and he tossed a crumpled paper into our garden of woe, telling me that he would come for me and the other girls. And as we try on dresses and lipstick, vibrant and bright and red as blood, we pray for a miracle and the night gets colder indeed. And I looked upon the face of death and behold a grizzled rider on a white horse. With pen to paper, almost as a sword, finding words in the weapons, he shouted, Shangri-La, as old Bill went to face his nemesis, and the cyst of madness turned like a dagger, ragged and turned, torn tooth blades. The word machinist in all of his glory, standing like a pauper from a prince, we were ordered back into our cages, but we clawed at old Bill's eyes instead until they bled, red and vibrant with life. Staggering back, old Bill screamed, Do you not know? He is death, for his pen can wipe you clean from your life's very slate. The word machinist pen poised wrote in his pad, and old Bill was chained, shackled to the very cages he imprisons us. Enough of this, Bill, he intoned in a deep, gravelly voice. I created you, and I can take your blood. Old Bill laughed, the 
chuckle of demons and said, my friend, you are not the creator. You were created by me. And so it has been many days and nights since that fight. We are still in cages. Every night, old Bill takes one of us to an altar, strips our clothes from our bodies, molding our flesh and killing our desires. For it is not sex that he is after, but the laughter of a child, the one, Lenore, kills and raped at the hands of madmen down in the abattoir of Temple Hollow. For she was but 12 years old when old Bill led her to her slaughter, an innocent daughter of founding fathers and witch-like mothers. He has found a fool in the word machinist. The word machinist came to me in my dream, telling me that his blood was alive and bright and vibrant and red. He told me a tale of being a poet in the future and how he alone created these worlds, myself included. I did not believe him, of course. He would go to Temple Hollow to free Lenore, breaking the curse, escaping the world of his words. He kissed me tenderly, for there was no passion in it. The kiss of an angel fallen yet ready to arise, to burst through the lies, the sea of words. He claimed to be a victim of his own pen, and he cried blood as he staggered towards Temple Hollow. And Paul. That was incredible. You absolutely need to produce that one. <laughs> You're always telling me that. Well, do you listen? No. <laughs> no, I admit it. I'm such a, hey, hey, I'm going to say, Nyla, I'm a slacker. You know? <laughs> you are so not a slacker. You're just busy. I uh, okay. Well, I like I like your your um, your idea better. Okay, so <laughs> I'm gonna roll this. We're gonna keep we're gonna keep rolling. That was that was a fun poem to do when I wrote it, and I don't I believe I read it, but it's been, been a long time. Um, you know, it was so really funny that line that you had in there where it said um, where the it's like the you know just saying I created you because I wrote you I wrote you into a poem. You know, I created you, and the the monster is saying no. I created you, and it really made me think about Mary Shelley writing Frankenstein, because here she was, this very meek person, you know, quiet, a little bit edgy for her day, but, you know, she wasn't out in the limelight and stuff, and she wrote that book, and that book absolutely created Mary Shelley for us, because were it not for that book, we we would not have our Mary Shelley. Absolutely. You know, so I, I was picturing Frankenstein saying that to her in the dark night and her just, you know, she had a hard time. She had a really hard time after she wrote that book. But very cool. I love the poem. Yeah, and it really, and, that, and you touched on a really good a really good point there. She really was created by her creation. Um, she was the writer. She wrote it. She created it. But she would have been, she would have faded into obscurity had it not been for that creation, which in turn created this mythos surrounding her. I mean, just her name is like, mythical almost mm-hmm. um so Nyla, i have a special treat for you for the second poem uh it's a it's a probably the newest well i don't know if it's the newest uh in relation to when reading but it's a poem i wrote last night and as usual i scratched it out in maybe 10 minutes um and i have not posted it it's never this is a world premiere so this is a world premiere for this poem it's so uh so word, word machines premiere it, it, it's special it's it's you know it's for the speakeasy. This is called Threading the Eye. The bridge I burned was not beyond repair. Yet you threw your hammer away, content to stand weakened on the precipice to stare at the smoldering wreckage below. 
Years like flashcards never undoing the damage, a needle threading the eye of fate. An hour grows unnaturally late for crimson skies, harbingers of every sad ballad ever written. Colder than a bag of bones, you entertain no notions of new stock. The clock will tick its downfall, even when ripped from the walls. Ever thus you cut my crimes. One by one they bleed as I. Fortune's light shines in dark cities, places far, far from prying eyes. The trick is to leave the shackles behind, while the jaunt must traverse by footfall. Back roads, bad country, until the smoke from that broken bridge is gone. And boom. Wow. Are you keeping all of your new works and all these uh, in like safe places where you don't lose them, like some of your old works? Yeah, I'm doing. I'm uh, double keeping everything. I'm also going back. Uh, I'm pulling stuff from WordMachines.com. I have some. Uh, I'm trying to get back into MySpace so I can, I can get the stuff there that I lost, like the original slideshow Sheila and a lot of the early poems. So yeah, I'm working to. Can not you only do preserve, that? Is there a way to get on the old site? Well, there's supposed to be a way. When you're there, it, it talks about it, and I haven't really looked too much into it. Now, before we, um, before we, before we. Um, or after that, when we had left, uh, Missy was able to get a um, file that she thinks has all of the poems in it, but it's like an Outlook file, and it's really jumbled and really hard to – you got to really go through it piece by piece. Nothing's by title or anything. So i, I got to look through that first. Mm-hmm. So, um, so earlier uh, earlier today, and I think I got the message late. I felt kind of bad, but – my good friend, uh, Michael Todd, who's with us tonight, and he's scratching diligently out. And I, I think he's still going on, so I want to try to you know, use a few more minutes to let him finish that up. But, uh, Michael, are you uh, about ready to read this, my friend? Absolutely. I'm good to go, buddy. Okay. So Michael contacted me, and Michael, in true Michael fashion, uh, you know, abrupt, right, right to the point. Three questions. Have you read this lately on Speakeasy Cafe? If not, do you plan to? If not, do you want me to read it? And I'm always, I, I, just to say it, I'm always touched when anybody wants to read my poems. It doesn't happen a lot, but when it does, uh, and especially so much uh, when it's somebody that I hold dear to me that has been a friend and a fellow poet and a fellow inksmith crafter of all that we do uh, for all this all these years, um, it's extra special. And the poem that he had sent with it is a poem I wrote. Uh, I wrote this a couple of years ago um, after our all of our good friend and fellow poet Marcia passed away, and um, it it uh, it it hit us especially hard um, because we had gotten to know uh, Marcia. <laughs> spoke to her on the phone. And she was just one of the sweetest people that uh, that I have ever encountered. You know, somebody that never meeting in person, but you just know they just shine. They're like an angel on earth, and she was that. And that's not, and that's absolutely true. So I was taken, uh, and I was very saddened by her passing. And so I wrote this poem and I posted it. Um, I I thought I'm pretty sure that I read it here. This would have been a couple years ago, so it's hard to remember. Um, But Michael uh, had 
noticed the poem, and he had asked me if he could read it, and I thought it would—I thought that was a perfect idea. You know, I love his voice, and I think he could really do it justice. And the poem was written back in June of 2020, and it is simply titled "Marsha and uh, Michael, please, if you will. The poem is Marsha by Jimmy Ray Davis. Marsha, I miss your sweet smile. Eyes so full of wonder and of love. You had your own unique winning style that will go on shining from above. I feel truly blessed to have met you, to have read the words from your heart. A pillar of kindness, oh so true. To sum it up, I'm not sure where to start. Suffice it to say, you are cherished. Your ideals always strong and true. You help my words flourish. I'm a better person for knowing you. I look nightly for you in the moonlight, first star and the brightest in the sky. May you still inspire what we write from sweet heaven where the angels fly. Yeah. 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 Wow. You did it. Yeah, you, you got it, Mike. You did it. So, what was that like for you to hear him read that? Um. Probably, uh, probably as emotional as it was to write it. And um, I, I, I honestly, I, I can't think of, I can't think of anything more special. I mean, here's a, a cherished poet herself, and um, some words I wrote for her that just came to me at the time, and those were read back today by another cherished poet, and that connection all the way around is, uh, that's, uh, that's powerful stuff. Mike, Michael, you did great, man. Thank you. Really. Thanks for letting me read it, bud. Absolutely. So, Jimmy, um, would you so like to host me, for a uh, moment and bring on our next caller? Sure. Who do we got? Mike. Oh, our next, oh, our next caller is on. Yeah, absolutely. You're bringing Mike on. I'm all, I'm, <laughs> I still got it in the moment. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, listeners of the Speakeasy Cafe, we have a very special treat for you tonight. We have the one true uh, real poet and um this is Michael Todd, and he is just, he would dazzles us every week, and I personally look forward to his appearance, and I usually get to follow right behind him, and I like that. So uh, without further ado, uh, please uh, welcome Michael Todd. In 2007, the first person that I wrote poetry with, was her name was Morgan, and she's had a lot of names back up, back and forth, and uh I generally just call her Mimi when nobody's looking, but uh, it's Nicole Morgan on Facebook now, and she was the first person that I wrote poetry with, and and we had some good times and everything together, but I, I could never be her guy because some fella named Word Machinist was uh, in, in between us. All up in her Kool-Aid. I could, I could, I could never penetrate that curtain of, Word machine, this fellow, whoever he was. Ah. Uh, yeah. 
it's really strange the other day I'm, I'm, I got YouTube on the rabbit hole and uh and this song comes in, I'm like, right, Requiem, why is Requiem playing? And I went and looked. Well, it's a, a poem that we wrote that she put on YouTube, like, bless her heart. So uh, that was kind of good. So that never leaves. Nala, that's a great, great, great prompt, a fantastic prompt that you came up today. Probably the second best prompt you've ever done, right, about the rabbit hole. The <laughs> rabbit hole. It's a it, it, it's it's the struggle is real. I mean, I just fell apart over that. It made me think. It made me think about following your your uh, prompts. You know, I did follow your prompt once. I did. It was uh, ten years ago. Uh, because yes, it was. I was drinking some soda or whatever, and it was hot, and I was like having to keep catching my breath, and I just mumbled, "What if I burp when I'm reading?" And Nala goes, oh, that's it. That's it. That's what we need. We need you to write the poem. What if I burp when I'm reading? And I've said, great. Why don't I make it a sonnet when I'm at it? She said, don't you do everything? <laughs> Here it is from 10 years ago. What if I burp when I'm reading? By Michael Todd. <clears throat> Slide to the lectern in front of the stage. Shuffle steps, disguise, fearful wobble walk. Getting what I wanted, chance to engage, to walk the walk, prices to talk the talk. Sonnets should be written to and from hearts, leaving little to recourse when and how, from holding hands to bumping body parts. Oh, major distractions from then. Now, why does she lean forward when she applauds? It all comes clear as to where I belong. Epiphany ensues. What are the odds? If parts are bumping, she's doing it wrong. What if I burp when I'm reading? Or worse, forget the lines to this, my closing verse. End poem. <laughs> oh, that's a classic. That's that's going to be one of the poems that that people are going to be going to be pondering over a thousand years from now. Great, <laughs> Jimmy. You want to comment? Oh, uh, you know what, <laughs> Michael is. You know, in fact, I I will comment on this. I will say that. Uh, Mike, I think we're long overdue for writing something, man. We're going to have to figure something out. Oh, I'm so glad hey, you said that. You, you just – and I tell this to Nile all the time, and it's like, you know, you, you just have – it's such an easygoing style, but the substance is there, and I just like getting lost in it. Man. It's like literally like you just take me where you're going with it. And um, a lot of times, you know, in some ways similar to how I like to do it, but I think we can put something together pretty cool. I, I don't want to force anything. I just think that maybe something for now maybe kind of get some ideas rolling around. I would be honored uh, if we could pull something off. I want to take a picture of my paper because I have a notebook that I keep out when I start the show that I keep notes on, things I want to remember to say or comment on or something like that, right? And I have both of your names with an arrow and the word collab with the circle written around it, right? For the yeah. two of you to write a collab. And what 
I was going to ask you to do, both of you, is as soon as you have this done, I want to do a week where we feature the collab poem as our poetry form of the week and kind of pair people up and stuff to have them write a collab poem for their their poetry assignment for the week. But I wanted to, and normally I will play or read an example of a collab or a haiku or a whatever it is that we're featuring for the week, but I would like to have the two of you do that. I'd like you to write a collab poem together, let me know when it's done, and when it's done, we are going to do the collab poetry form in our workshop, and I will be bringing you on to read an example of a collab poem when I do that. Will you do that for me? Well, Nyla, two things. First, Nyla, first of all, uh, Michael hasn't agreed to anything yet, number one. Number two, the way you're talking about writing it down in the book, it sounds like you're carving our initials on a tree or something here. You need to relax a little bit. You have no idea <laughs> what I do with your guys' names when right? you're not around. Don't kink shame me. We can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> we all have our little quirks, okay? <laughs> no names were hurt in the making of this statement. <laughs> right, no, no tab A. Do you remember? Do you remember the poetry that you used to record? What's, what was the site you recorded your stuff on? Which one of that I, that I No, Nala, Nala had. You may have done it too, but uh, Reverb Nation. Yes, Reverb Nation. Okay. Yeah, that's where mine's at. Yeah. Right, okay, all right, there you go. Because I used to go in and listen to your own stuff now, okay? Now, somewhere in my house, I've got a CD with all of yours on it. You know, that's that's devotion right there, Nyla. That is. I don't I even know what to say to I, that. I don't, I, I don't even have that either. I'm, now I'm jealous. <laughs> Michael, you didn't burn me a copy of that? I'm, I'm going to find it somewhere. somewhere. I've got. I did that. I did it. It's a Saturday. I just went through all of them on Saturday, and and did that. Now I, I know even, you better. You know me. Don't I? I know, right? I I don't even know what to say. But you don't know. You don't know how I've carved these trees either. Just you would saying. never scratch a tree. I might. You wouldn't even paint a tree. I've painted trees. Hey, guess what? 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 You know what time it is? Oh, I knew you were going to say that. All right, let's start out with Jimmy. Jimmy, will you please do me a favor, love, and tell everyone how they can find you? Jimmy Ray Davis, Facebook, uh, ReverbNation.com forward slash Word Machinist. Find all of my recordings that are currently available that occasionally neither will play on the shows. <laughs> I actually was going to start start the show with one of them today, but I grabbed the other one because I hadn't played it yet. That was a good one. The one you, the one you played was really good. I liked it. Um, one thing I did ask you before, if you find it, uh, there's an MP3 that you have that I sent you a long time ago that I do not have anymore. So if there's any way you can send that back to me just so I can have it also, uh, I believe it was uh, – all the little boys, I think. Yeah, I'll close the show so. with that track tonight. How about that? Well, I don't know if I'll be here for it, but that's cool. If you do that, it's fine. Um, but 
Yeah, but I, I just if, if if there's a way you can send it back because I don't have it and it's on an old computer and I, I would play hell trying to find it. So it would be cool to have that one again and maybe re-listen to it and do it live one day. I will do that. I don't have it. I don't have the audio clip on my computer anymore because that was probably like three computers ago. But I do have it on the show's library, so we'll figure it out. Okay. Yeah. Whatever. Whatever you find out, or, or you know, um, or if you play it at the end, I can hit the archive up. Um, it's a very least. I mean, I won't have it, but I can um, just copy, you know, copy that part of the archive or whatever, so that I can go over it. Yeah. Yep, you can just cut that part out. So, yeah, I will close the show with it, okay? Okay, sounds good. Thank you, baby. Mike. Thanks. My darling. Michael. Hey. Hey. <laughs> there you are. <laughs> hey, Chris is, Chris is supposed to be coming tonight. Is she? Yeah, so she told me. That this is exciting. In. She's there. She's there, so she's she's looming, and she's bubbly and perky and effervescent, and she's really into flowers. Until I said that, I can be found at miketodd.blogspot.com. That's M-Y-K-E-T-O-D-D. That is my. It's where my poetry goes, and uh, yeah. That's it. That's all I got. Hey, thanks for your time this time. Until next time so long, I appreciate Jimmy hanging out with me tonight and had a blast and looking forward to the rest of the show. Love you. Bye. Well, wait, are you going to do the collab with with uh, Jimmy for and help me with that? We'll talk about it. Okay. We'll let talk, you boys, you boys discuss things and uh, do your scratching and spitting and discussing and then let me know what you decide. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Love you, all right. Our next caller comes from area code two one nine two one nine. You're on the air. Hey, how are you doing? This is Brother O speaking. Hello, Brother O. It's a joy to hear from you. Thank God. Appreciate appreciate that. Thank you. So, how are you doing? I'm doing very good. I'm doing very good. I'm I'm just still, still at the hospital waiting, you know, just a matter of time before I, before I get to get the heart. So I'm just still here doing what I'm doing. It just absolutely just floors me knowing that you're sitting in a hospital waiting for a heart transplant and calling in the show and reading poetry. I just, I just, I still don't know how to process that whole thought. Yeah. Incredible. So what? Title of my poem is called "Brother, oh, You Got the Patience of Joe." What does it mean to have the patience of Joe? It is demonstrated by a man or woman who exhibits great endurance through all kinds of trials, annoyances, and provocations. This expression has its origins in James chapter five, verses ten and eleven. Brothers and sisters, as an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke in the hand of the Lord. As you know, we count as blessed those 
where a person did. You have heard of Joseph's and have seen what the Lord has finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. Among the Old Testament examples of patience, Job is chosen as a prime illustration. He is the epitome of a patient man. Job's patience stands out to us because he's extreme in the amount of suffering he endured. Job lost all of his children and wealth in a single day. He was also covered in painful sores. And his wife often had no support at all. She encouraged him to give up, cursed God to his face and died. Job, verse 9. When those three friends came to comfort him, they couldn't recognize him from a distance. And to Job's pain, his friends falsely accused him of wrongdoing and blamed his troubles on his unrepentant heart. Through all that he went through, Job patiently endured. Chapter 2 and verse 12. My dear brother, we all face hardships, struggles, tests, trials, tribulations, and challenges in this life. Because God is absolutely no respect of persons. However, we must be reminded that you have done nothing to deserve the suffering that you are going through right now. But you are blessed with the patience and endurance to overcome your unique sets of challenges as Job did. Over these last seven months, while awaiting a heart transplant, I have clearly demonstrated the patience of Job. My girlfriend died unexpectedly in January, and I was away from my nuclear family during the holidays. But I had to go the current sabbatical performance as I forty six and events for at least twelve to twenty four months due to prioritizing my health. But I couldn't see my friends and having to resort to texting, calling and inboxing them to stay in contact with them. But I couldn't go outside for four months straight. And I was feeling down and I was at a low point in my life. And mourning the death of my girlfriend, when I was restricted from having visitors, besides my support team for five months until the corporate restrictions were lifted. And when I had absolutely no control over when I'm going to see my new heart and no official knowledge of my discharge date yet, do it all, I maintain my wavering faith in God. I maintain my positive attitude. I see like now. I'm gaining more confidence in my abilities now. And I maintain my true belief that I will receive a major breakthrough and experience a complete 180-degree turn and reversal of fortunes in my life after I complete the waiting process and fully recover from my heart transplant. Five important lessons for you guys to take away from my example demonstrating the patience of Job. Everyone for God's glory. Don't ever compare your unique life experiences to other people. Don't dwell on the why questions. Remember to have compassion when trying to help a friend or relative and steadfast. Consistent and humble. 
Anything that happens to you or around you happens for a reason. And everything that ever happened all works together. Are you still there? Yes, now I'm still. I say okay, was that in, was that in poem? Yeah. Okay. All right. Sorry about that. It cut out right at the end, and I didn't hear you say in poem. And so it's like, wait, did we lose him? Am I supposed to be talking yet? What's going on? <laughs> he scared me. That was awesome. Absolutely great read, honey. Thank you. I appreciate it. You're very welcome. Are you going to read two tonight? No, I'm just doing that one. Thank you. I appreciate it. Absolutely our pleasure. I'm so glad you're able to be on and be here and read. Great job, baby. Yes, yes. All right. So we will talk to you next week. Yes, I'll be back next week. Awesome, awesome. All right, sweetheart, thank you so much. appreciate you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. <laughs> All righty. Okay. Our next caller comes from, I'm having a bit issues with the board here. Comes from 832. 832, you're on the air. Hey, Miss Hey, you sold your blue blue. How are you, my love? I'm all right. Got a wandering through stuff and coming out the other side. Just taking a looking around and just like, nah. That, yeah, we were going to do this over again. <laughs> yeah, I suck. <laughs> not, not anybody here, you understand me, but it's just kind of like the pervading sense of, you know, looking around me at some of the things that people do, it's like, I ain't got nothing to say to you that would be, that would make anything you're doing right now look worthwhile. <laughs> <laughs> Not a goddamn thing. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, you know, like I said, it's kind of like, yeah, all right, whatever. And, uh, so anyway, I got this one here. It's uh, I like it because I, uh, the way it unfolded itself, and uh, at the end it it took a a twist, and I was looking at it and like, oh okay, I didn't really have that in the first round of thinking, but yeah, that damn sure works. So you know, <laughs> I'm like cool. <laughs> if it I'll works, go along with that. Then, yeah. <laughs> so here we are. It's called, uh, What Does It Mean to Drown in a Drop of Water? What does it mean to drown in a drop of water? Black vows taken on a Friday, shadow venues for those who care. Oh, when birds drop like stones in the outer darkness, shaving. All designs of yesterday. 
Minutes and motives, shadow images continue to move. Long past inertia. Bleed the blue from the fading night rhyme. Fading fires, dreaming eyes, no one's listening. Let us finish the dream. The one that died. No wave, no wavering, no warning song. Just cold, crushed stone to a whisper, cold. Uneven lines, significance withdrawn. Balance imperfect. The cup big enough for more than a glance. Rain falls without deviation. Gravity in dire straits down. It is the gasp and choke of drowning in a drop of water. Nijou. It is the saline approach when sorrow creases skin and female forgiveness is not enough for what she went through. Sharp formula that gives substance, sustenance, H2O, the drive of knowledge to become one of the knowing. Sky screams crystal shatter the silence. Trust Becomes a non-valid issue. Saline equanimity. Definitions of oxygen. Designation. Deviation. To seize. As you drown. In a drop of water. Deluge contained within the skin of a rainstorm. The flash flood scars of a river. Black, ravenous asphalt, no moisture, oil-based mirage, the heat waves. It will be a hot summer, bourguet. The wither strength continues, beauty, shadows, gedaki, grow longer like a whip. Bloodletting is no cure for drought. Turn the tap, increase the flow, synthetic liquid, synthetic sound songs, the water you draw from where you live isn't real. If you don't filter it, it can give, it will kill you. Its cancer will find you. Rain drags the shine of nourishment across the man-made tongue, a black, a blackened tongue choked from life. Draw back from Richter's smile how to drown in the deluge drop of water. Don't with me in peace. Wow. That was amazing. 
Thank you. Yeah, like I said, I just went with the went with where the you know the, everything took me, and like I said, I enjoyed where it came out. This one went through several incarnations before I figured out where I wanted where it was where it would sound where it would sound best in terms of being uh, being a work on its own, I guess you could say, mm-hmm. instead of like. Instead of like, you know, oh, well, it's just the typified of what he you know, has done, he's done before and several others. Well, this one, to me anyway, I mean, some other people may still see it that way, but to me, this one stands by itself. And it's uh, called uh, Children of the Buried Sounds. Children of the Buried Sounds. Sounds that are only heard in the graveyard. Bone-deep dirges on a blackened night. Oh, schoolberry. Yes, deep as water. Shadow handprints blown with the ink of dreaming upon the walls of night. Sound stretched thin like sifted dirt. Smooth smoke seeks to be the balm needed for healing spread across our earth where the sound of gunfire still crashes louder than the waves of any ocean. The acrid burn of gunpowder scarring the senses, eyes, hands, nose, no bit. Sight falling, getting shovel buried. Surface noise becomes like a fading light. Moisture filling small mouths like cotton cloth. Everything buried, falling away, fading out like last light. Kill the end and save the man. Ten thousand boarding school remains and counting. Buried in fact, not by nature to what it is to be a human being. Buried children, innocence of buried sounds, communal ditch works worthy, smothered secrets, excommunications, yeah, sincerity, not lost on the young, now the fallen bones of forced education. Sounds drown like a depth charge. The memory remains. Returning with the greening grass, the screaming winds of winter, bath the tears, the tears of deluge that drop with the summer rains. It is all there to be seen. If you can read with your heart before your mind, 
Colton. Gray lines by the stars, delinquency and death. It is the right time for discovery to investigate what has been so quiet for so long. Stillness, empty, Foga, Phenomenal piece, Soldier Blue. Thank you. That one got me in my heartstrings. <laughs> well, I, like I say, I wanted to, I wanted to kind of move out from some of the kind of phrases that I uh, lean on a lot of times. And again, like I say, I wanted this particular piece to stand on its own, not, not, you know, like trying to push it in any one direction as far as like what it was going to say, but just how it was going to, you know, how it was going to say it. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I would venture to say you said it very well. Well, thank you. <laughs> You're very and, welcome. Uh, and so, so what did you think? Well, I mean, what was your, what was your initial uh, reaction when you heard that song. What did, what did you think about it when you first heard it? I could really, really see why you loved it. And I didn't listen to it. I read it. I wanted oh, to read okay. it. I, so I still yeah. have to listen to it. I started oh, okay. to, but then, you know, the cat started fighting, and so I turned off it, and I haven't gotten back to it yet. But I right. copy and pasted it. I read the lyrics, and then I copied and pasted them onto the post, and I just thought it was yeah. incredible. I can absolutely 100% see why that's like a anthem for you. Yeah. Well, actually, I started thinking about it in terms of, you know, thinking, uh, you know, why it always catches me when I when I listen to it. And mm-hmm. I started thinking about, you know, that end of things. And, and, and you know, the first part of, you know, there's that kind of like, place that I start have to start with that is that you know at this point he was five years old and when I was uh, for myself I was in uh, Central America with my with my pops and uh, and that was from the ages of zero to six years old and we literally went through one revolution a year when we lived down there and I promise you I may have only been in those young, that young part of my life, but I promise you, I still remember that. Not, not like, not like vivid, you know, dream detail, but I remember what happened. And hearing someone else's same, you know, level of, you know, knowing what it is to make it 
in a situation where there is no such thing as any fucking bulletproof rights or any bullshit like that, where you have to be the courage for yourself because there's no one else going to do it for you. Amen. That's what, that's what strikes me. Fuck all the dumb shit and the goddamn excuses about Amendment 1 or 2 or whatever the fuck. I'm sorry. Uh, I, I don't give a shit about that. You have to, when, when, you're, when you're in a place where you, by you speaking out, you know damn good and well someone could just as easily walk up behind you and put a, put a bullet through your brain. That's courage. It is. So I, I'm very well said. I listen. I listen. You know, like I say, when I, when I listen to that song, that's that's, that's the kind of thing that I hear because I mean, like I say, that's 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 the knife edge because I mean, he he says it right there in in, in the lyrics. You know, if one, and and seriously, I mean, he's not he's not understating or anything. If one little thing had gone wrong, he could have been one of those names on that wall. Yep. It would not have taken much. It was a knife edge as to whether he made it or not. Very intense. Tell everyone the name of the song so that they can go. It's a, they might it's not know what song. we're talking about. Okay. I apologize. I know I went, I went off on it, but I apologize okay. for that. Um, the song is called The Wall, and it's done by John Kay, who is the vocalist for Steppenwolf. And if you've never heard it, I highly recommend it because that's a song, like I say, it goes way beyond, oh, we're just singing about something that, you know, we're, you know that's some kind of an idealism or, or, or something that happened to somebody else. No, it happened to him. So he's, he's walking, he's walking what he, or he's talking about what he walked through is what, what that song is. So, yeah, that's a, that's a hell of a song. Anyway, my dear, I won't take any more time. I know I've been blabbering. <laughs> um, uh, you can find me on uh, Facebook, uh, Rafe Wild, and in parentheses underneath it says Soldier Blue. And then also I have the uh, uh, podcast going, Red Earth One, and you can find that on Google Podcasts or iTunes and about like other five other platforms, I believe. And uh, like I said, I know I keep talking about it, and I haven't been able to sit down and get to it yet, but I am going to experiment and see what I can come up with for the new uh, uh, addition that they have put into that particular uh, genre, that being the uh, video uh, podcast, and just see what I can do with that and see if there's, uh, yeah, just see what happens, and we'll, you know, we'll take it from there. Very cool. Excited about you doing that. Oh, yeah, I think it's going to be fun. I do, too. I can't wait. I get to reap the rewards. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know. <laughs> All right, Soldier Blue. Fantastic job tonight, honey. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Miss Nyla. You are very welcome. <laughs> Bye-bye, hon. Take care of yourself. All right. Our next caller comes from... We have eight... Six zero followed by followed by eight three two followed by five eight five. We are having some issues with the lines, so if you are trying to get in, 
please um, keep trying. If you're getting that fast, busy signal, keep poking it. It'll let you in eventually. All right, so let's go ahead and grab area code 860. 860, you are on the air. Is it Christian? Hi, Nyla. It's Krisha, long-lost Krisha. How are you? I have been stalking you and wondering how you're doing. You know, it's it's. When, I know everybody has lives, and they have to go do things, and they can't sit here every single week and just, you know, keep me company. But when people are gone too long, I get scared. And so I go stalk their pages like, okay, they have not posted it in two weeks. What in the hell's going on? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I wasn't on Facebook for a while. I wasn't feeling well. And one of my lines in uh, the book Dirge is um, I'm uh, learning to abbreviate myself. <laughs> so I'll just say stress. Or no, I thought about this earlier. First I was just going to say life, which you said, but today I was like, okay, Still, stress, work, health, <laughs> right? So speed Overwhelm. bumps. Yeah, it's just, you know. Um, what, the other word I had for it was um, acclimation, actually. I thought of that even earlier. One word, acclimation. <laughs> That's a great word. That's uh, one of my sections of dirge that I just wrote. It's called acclimation. And then I don't, I always read new work on your show. I have always read my new work on your show. So if I'm not writing and if I'm not feeling well, my creative brain is just not working. It's very scary because writing is like my identity, right? My spirituality, et cetera. My, my meaning, I feel like, you know, a big part of why I'm here, my existence. And um, I want you, know, you to contemplate should... something for me. Sure. All right. So. When we're quiet, when our muses are quiet, you know, I always I always take it for, because we have no time, there's no time clock on us, how much we have to write in a certain amount of time, blah, blah, blah. We're writers, we just write. You know, but people will go through those quiet spells and they get scared and, you know, what's going on and blah, blah, blah. And I always said, you know, when our muses are quiet, it's because they want us to listen. Yeah, you're absolutely right because the break was good because then the work emerges kind of on a different plateau after having that rest. Mhm. Yeah, yeah. So it's like the rest is actually good because then you kind of you're on a different level. Yeah. Yeah. And how well, I'm excited that you're here tonight. You have no idea. I'm so happy. Yeah, I heard your prompts, and um, actually, I talked about you today at work because um, I am basically working at like a small nursery, selling um, you know flowers and uh, vegetable plants and all that. It's a small business. Um, the guy is seventy-eight. It's called Vinny's Little Acre. And these Aww. twins come in. Yeah. Well, oh, they just brought my in. heart so much joy. <laughs> these twins come in, right? I love this job because, you know, I garden, I, you know, I'm, I'm meeting people, right? People are always like, oh, you can tutor online. I'm like, no, I need people. And um, so these twin women come in. Oh, my God, they're identical. <laughs> so um, yesterday, because uh, I just found out that they, the other one has a twin, and I'm like, oh, my God, that's so cool. I'm adopted, you know, they're identical, like totally identical. I said, did you ever, um, you know, the 
typical classical question is, did you trick your teachers? <laughs> and uh, one of them's a teacher, and they said no, because one's right-handed and one of us is left-handed. <laughs> so they caught on. <laughs> oh, funny. Yeah, That's and then, funny. This is hilarious because yesterday, you know, I'm out there like deadheading and stuff and this woman gets out of her vehicle and I was like, oh, I'm thinking like, okay, I'm going to guess if you're Suzanne or Diane, okay? And she looks at me like, what? And I go, oh my God, I'm so sorry. You look like these women or twins. So today, uh, the other twin comes in I've never met. Diane, right? I thought it was Suzanne. She's Diane. She's waiting for her sister. They come in because everything right now is buy one, get one free. Like everything because we're like cleaning out perennials. I thought it was just going to be like tomatoes that needs to be planted, all the vegetables, so all the flowers. Crazy. They, they bought two hydrangeas, right? For price of one. They like bought like one of them is going to be in the garden tour. So this is where you come in. Let me cut to the chase. I'm not, I'm digressing. So um, she tells me today that. Um, school finished and I think she's done Monday and then she's on the gardening tour and I'm like oh my god <laughs> wow she goes yeah I have so much to do for July I said oh so you're basically your garden is like for a magazine <laughs> and so we're talking and I showed them my my mailbox um annuals that I have to do because I set a precedent right for the neighbor and the mailman and um so she was saying how she has the decor also in her, you know, the art. And I said, oh, my God, I do too. Like, I have a laugh sign and hope and this and that. And um, somehow we started talking about rocks. And I said, oh, um, um, I have on my hand today, <laughs> it says, Speak Easy Cafe, 8 p.m., huge on my left hand because I work different days with the brain fog. It's like, what day of the week is it? So I didn't want to forget. So I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm calling in tonight. And, um, you know, Nyla, the host, she um, had this project with the rocks, right, with write a little poem on it, put it in somebody's mailbox. She was blown away. And then I said, um, I said I've only been able to write, like, you know, a word, a single word. And, um, you know, just because my hand, and I would have to, like, day deposit or something. And then she said, uh, we said, oh, you could um, – Hide them, right? Like you said, for the children. Like if any children, children don't mm-hmm. usually go on garden tours. It's usually like older people. I used to go on them with my aunt. So, um, so yeah, I talked about your uh, stones, those poultry rocks. Oh, that's so funny. I that I, that was so long ago. I'm surprised. Wow, somebody actually read something. I'm excited. You have no. I'm just so, my little heart's just going 90 miles an hour right now. I love you so much. No, I, I, I don't even know what to say. I remember, uh, no, I, I miss you. I'm so sorry about that. Well, I shouldn't apologize. I'm here now. Feeling mm-hmm. better, thank God. And then, um, yeah, I remember you talking about the rock project on the air. Rock that poem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you were talking about it on the air, like, what, two years ago? Something like that, yeah. Yeah. All right, so um, I'm going to read uh, two sections from my book, Surge, a ballet for 13 dancers that I'm finishing up. It's getting published, but I'm still finishing it. It's getting longer. So, um, okay. So this section is not that long, shorter lines, which is very atypical for me. I was always jealous of people writing shorter lines. For some reason, it's shorter lines. Okay, from Surge, um, this section is called Postcards. 
the pillars were removed. Uh, I'm sorry, the pillars were removed succinctly. Stone generals lying down. Olive trees shivered. The audience wept inexplicably. Maybe I lit the fire. Maybe I dreamed I was awake. We were renaming stairs, trading pages no one should read. A new game. No one said it's your turn to tightrope across. That time is a mess spiraling. A picture wouldn't comply. Layers lost sunset. Ace notes took darkness. It was impossible to wake up without a sky in the window without a shoulder. No one knew exactly. No one said you'll feel better when you aren't lost in marigolds, when the story notices itself. Tomorrow I'll set Fennel out for swallowtails, study polka dot symmetrical wings, never speaking of the paragraphs we buried, stone alphabets falling without breaking. There was no container for memory. The planets didn't line up. We were tallying loose ends to send a clearer postcard. Not much has happened all at once. End piece. Wow. That and was then, inc- um, incredible. Incredible. Thank you. Yeah, I'm so happy to be writing again and working on this book. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so, and then the next piece is a little <laughs> bit longer. Not, you know, it's just longer lines, kind of the same kind of thing, like double space between, you know, like those lines I just read and, and these longer lines are double space, so they breathe. Um, so this is, again, from Dirge, a ballet for 13 dancers, fragment hymns. The plane flew through your chest at high speed because someone called you Sky and you wanted to believe. Those planes with no one on board except robots counting dollhouse packages or elegant military birds. No one had the heart to tell you that light didn't need us. The field of yellow buttercups indicated we were all lying. You'll remember the hieroglyph tablets, black-plumed ibises. Ideas of a shining place weren't imagined in a day. The afterworld might be a softened spectacle. I was memorizing something to tell you, but it fell apart. There were intricate ways to express one thing, but no method to account for everything. The lecture on neuroplasticity didn't explain why subjects stopped looking for dimensions without air. Deities should then be removed from the book in the form of a question. Some of us were living in square houses, even though we were circles. The traveling philosopher reassured things would get better before he and his triangular suitcase fell off the bridge. He didn't charge us, didn't covet our cloaks. His mother was a soprano who died singing an aria to a sold-out audience. She was a circle, he said. The director wept for a year, a small ocean, I haven't listened to your messages because I can't remember which room holds objects, what should stay private, how to spell. Sleep doesn't always give back dream. The chorus agrees I'm not sleepwalking underwater, but swimming through watercolors without sound. Peacock blue to yellow, I'll swim to green, regenerate enthusiasm, a missing organ. When you come back, we'll tango in a slow-motion montage knowing love isn't a small boat on a reservoir of promises. More 911 calls, donations of blood, identification. Heartbreak ensconces eternity. You missed your appointment with the person who was supposed to help you. Fatigued from sky, aloof falcons, desperate for a new paradigm. 
At night, you hold me against the river's rush and wash my tangled hair. The chorus circumscribes us, chanting everything could be temporal, even a sequence of fragment hymns and, and poems. You know, you're following along with that and listening to the way that you're weaving every... I mean, it's just like incredibly deliciously, beautifully flowing and complex and easy and just <clears throat> impressive. Thank you. I remember you said, I was so surprised, you said a while back, I don't know, maybe six months, maybe a year ago, I think it was when, like, we heard, like, crickets and stuff, and um, you said to me, you said, you know, you're, I like your work. It's it's accessible, right? And I was Access- like, Yeah, accessible. You. Accessible. And I was like, thank you, because, you know, like, in a way, it's not, like, quote-unquote accessible. Like, it's crafted, right? It's not, like, just speaking. It's But... So when you said that, I was like, wow, that's so awesome because I am doing my job as far as, like, there is some clarity, right? There's some mm-hmm. – but I think, the, I think the emotion gets through, I guess. I don't know. You you write very cleverly, but you don't write above – you don't write pretentiously, I guess, is the, the right word for it. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Because I never put on um, my bios my – academic degrees because people have like this whole thing about academic poets if you have an MFA right so, mm-hmm. so I mean I, I have like four degrees that's three master. I don't, I don't ever put that because someone will be like oh you know like I, I taught a workshop at City College and they're like oh SAT words you know it's like well the words aren't <laughs> just for big words, words you know it's <laughs> season, I right? got it that's it's a word <laughs> but um yeah, Mikey is in here um, in this line. I haven't listened to your messages because I can't remember which room holds objects, what should stay private, how to spell. So Mikey and I, um, you know, I'm not feeling well. I'm kind of isolated because I don't want to tell people, you know, oh, look, I'm not feeling well, whatever. And, you know, so I just kind of hide, hibernate. Everyone does that. It's not healthy. And so I had all these voice messages from Mikey, and it's like, the other thing about Mikey is that he, he and I just pick up the phone sometimes because it's like we just, I, I said, you know what, sometimes I don't open your messages on Messenger because I could talk to you all day, right? <laughs> and we just keep going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, right? I could really talk to him all day. <laughs> mm-hmm. But then when I'm not feeling well, it's just like, oh, it's so hard to like listen to a message. Do you know what I mean? I do know exactly what you mean. I get yelled at that then, for, by that. I get yelled for that a lot, but I do know what you mean. And then with the brain fog, with the lupus brain fog, cause I, I'm like having this nerve pain up my legs and I have some lupus brain fog. So when I do listen to his messages, so it used to be, you know, you do the microphone thing and it was a minute, right? And it was almost like, you know what I'm talking about? The voice clips on Messenger? Yep. And so it used to be a minute. So it was like almost like, oh, my God, these are like stanza. <laughs> like we're thinking in one minute clips. So now that they're longer, so and then there'd be like a 10, 10 clips, right? And uh, a little overwhelming. So then, you know, you can send, I don't know how, when it cuts off, it's never cut off for me yet. You know, could you send a 24-hour clip? I have no idea. So, um, so yeah, I felt so bad because I just, like, I didn't have the energy. And with the, oh, I know what I was going to say. So yeah, brain fog. So with Mikey, 
I have to pause and respond in like constantly, like I have to interrupt because I could not listen to the whole message and retain it. You know what I mean? So it's like pause, reply, pause, reply, pause, reply, you know? So yeah, it's like, it's verbal energy. It's like, it's cerebral, I guess. So feeling better just using like the cognitive stuff sparingly, you know, poetry. The job is a pleasure because it's not spreadsheets. It's not cerebrally taxing, right? Mhm. Yeah. And then the last thing I'll, I'll say, because I don't want to um, take up too much time, and I think Mikey forgot to say this. Um. Well, oh, can't read my typing because I need a cortisone shot in my hand. All right. So Mikey, I heard you know how his repertoire of music is just beyond anybody I know, right? His music knowledge from being a DJ or what, and his love of music, like he just. So anyway, I'm driving and I hear um, The Rains in Africa. You know that song? Mm-hmm, I do. It? So it was uh, a station I don't usually go to, and I went to that station, and it was the original, and immediately I thought of Mikey because he likes that song, right? Immediately. So I'm driving, and I go, you know what? I wonder what song he would choose to describe me, right? So I said, Mikey, what one song? describes me okay i said no pressure think about it he comes right back with a song and i said nyla i said two i said both of us i said what song would describe me and what song would describe nyla so he um like in an hour i'm checking it he put baby you come rolling this is mine baby you come rolling across my mind (laughs) by the peppermint trolley company (laughs) what have you ever heard of the Peppermint Trolley Company? No, I have not, but I'm going to look it up now. Oh, I'll send it to you. I'll just I'll forward it to you. 1968 Hits Archive, Baby, You Come Rolling Across My Island. Peppermint Trolley Company. So then he comes up with an hour after that, Nyla, Rain on the Roof, The Lovin' Spoonful. You and Me and Rain on the Roof. And I'm going to have to look at that because I don't know that one. No, I'm going to send it to you right now, Messenger. Nyla, that's your song. And then, uh, okay, that's your song. And then, see, I would have forgotten this. Uh, I don't know if Mikey forgot it because he was with his uh, buddy. And then this is my song. Yeah, he's amazing. He is. I love him so much. I was just going to say, could we love on him anymore? <laughs> <laughs> We're such creepies. All right. So um, thank you. I'll be back next week. And, uh, yep, Mikey will, uh, I don't know, we'll come up with something, some little thing together. He's my little coin clone. <laughs> and uh, remember, he's like the the clone, the quarter. You put quarters in the clone, Mikey. Yeah. So, um, Krisha Jopek, K-R-Y-S-I-A-J-O-P-E-K dot com on Facebook. Uh, my dog is Elliot Jopek on Facebook. Author page on Facebook, and that's it. Very cool. All right, sweetheart. Fantastic job tonight, and it is so good to hear from you. You have no idea. Oh, I love you, Nyla. And then, so I guess you and I should think about a song that describes him, but I just don't have, I don't have that repertoire. 
you know, and he's so kind of indescribable. So I don't know. Let me know if you think of a song that describes him. The Magic Man. Oh, who's that by? Um, I don't know. I'll, I'll look it up and send you the link. Heart? Heart. Yeah. Heart. Yep, exactly. Yep. All right. All right, now I love you. <laughs> I love you too, honey. Thank you so much. You're amazing what you do here. I was telling these two women about your show and everything. Yep. Oh, you're so sweet. Thank you, baby girl. All right. I'll talk to you next week. <laughs> All right, sweetie. Thank you. All right. Bye. Okay. I believe this is Uma. 832, you're on the air. Hey, Naila. How are you? I am wonderful, sweetheart. How are you doing? Fantastic. Couldn't be better. I am glad. I'm glad. So what has been keeping you busy lately? Well, things have been going on and... Thankfully, everything is good. So, um, okay, back to Pavilion to, you know, read or say things that come to my mind and then share them and just be what I am. Well, I'm glad when you share things that come from your mind because they're brilliant. Thank you, Naila. I need that kind of an encouragement to to know that I mean something to someone at least in the world. You do. You really do. <laughs> you know, I was thinking about that the other day because I'm going to do this without crying. But you know, we just we just lost Melvin Douglas Johnson, and he was somebody very, very dear and very special to me. And you know, you don't. It's like, had I known I was going to lose him so soon, I would have said so many more things. You know, told him about the fingerprints he leaves on people. You know, there's so many things he should have known. You know, and you bring up such a good point. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, somebody thinks of me or, you know, I mean something to somebody or, you know, that type of thing. We need to tell people these things, you guys. You know, I love that that made you feel that way because you should feel that way. You are so important to so many of us, Uma. You know, you've been with us. I've known you since before I ever even started this show. <laughs> before you were even born, I think. I suppose. Mm. You know, and and you, know, you, you must have taken permission from the Lord. Say, hey, I know this girl is going to be there. Make sure that she knows my number. <laughs> You know, and it's been cool for me, by the way, you know, just watching how you've evolved as a woman, as a poet, as an artist, you know. As a person. As a person. As a person over, over all this time is really, it's fun for me, you guys. I get it, you know, I, I just get to sit back and watch you evolve, and it's amazing. So what do you have for us tonight, Uma? I have too many things, but I can go with one at a time. And... Um, which is uh, the poem that I wrote last week. I wanted to read a week before I wrote it, actually. But then I was I was held up last week. I was kind of uh, uh, not in a position to come or talk or anything because of caring for someone. And uh, they're doing good now and not worry about it. So, yeah. So here, let me see where my... I think I had to go back to... 
that app and go to that forum. It's called Eons Forever, and if you have time, I have another poem that I made today. But this one is the older poem that I wrote, and I hope you all will enjoy and like too. If not, you can you could let me know your feedback, and I'd be more than happy to understand and and evolve from that. The poem's title is called Eons Ever. Trains of thoughts finding their Go way. Ahead when you're ready. Trains of thoughts finding their way from eons to present. No more, are you still there? Yes, I am. Hello? If you're talking, baby girl, I cannot hear you. Oh, I was talking. I was talking. In fact, I was reading. And I hope. Um, can you guys hear I me? Can. Yeah, uh, I can hear. If I cannot hear, what I would do is I can open the other app, perhaps. Uh, are you able to hear me? Just let me know if you are. Checking with tech support. Strange of thought. Checking with chat. Are you able to hear me? Hello, Naila. Uma, are I cannot hear, hear you, my love, at all. I don't oh, know if you guys okay. cannot hear me. Oh, okay. Uh, in that case, I have to go to the computer and please give me a couple of seconds. All right. So why am I not hearing? I am. Not, I can't hear. I can't hear Uma at all. You cannot. Uma, will you do me a favor? Will you hang up and call right back in so I can start you over? Because I cannot hear you. And I'm greedy. Okay. So there we go. I want to let 585 know that you are our next caller. Um, let's go ahead and get Uma back on. Uma, are you there? Yes, Naila. How are you? All right. So, Uma, I want you to read a poem. Okay. I am going to redo my connection, so I'm not going to be on the line with you. So I am going to try to reestablish my connection so I have sound. We are having issues with the phone lines, so just read some poems, and I'll be right back, Uma. The show's yours. This is the Uma show for a moment. Okay, I'll be right back, guys. Go ahead and read, Uma. Is Uma reading? Somebody in chat tell me if Uma's going to read. Somebody please tell me if you can hear me. Tell Naila that you can hear me. Okay, I don't know. I take it as a yes. And if it's not a yes, Naila, please feel free to, you know, um, to take the next step of what it needs to be done. Eons Forever. The title of the poem is Eons Forever. And here it goes. Strains of thoughts finding their way from eons to present, going on as we watch them in the glory history, going on as we watch them in their glory, history, mementos, blistering as they pass, cosmic colors of them bygone times. Hasty to put their foot down amid territories yet to be seen, or nascent or unknown. Don't look back to find them ladies and lairs 
Rani's and Raja Maharaja's. Ripped off their states and statures. Kinsmen, regals and cavalries. Many well-versed commandants ousted of their power to peril. Foundations that you broke, shackles and spirits many unknown, unbeknownst, unforeseen. Many a thunder strikes the world amid stardust and asteroids dump. The surface and the terrain turn to rumble and be rumbled. The surface and the terrain turn to rumble and be numbed. Mankind raised out of their culture, nurture, ethnicity. Nothing to be left except humanity still brazen. Hoping one day these duress times of violence, aching, hurting violations against the self, against the will, against everything that ever will rise and shall, shall be passed and souls will rise and shine to a new domain, new dawn, welcoming a bright new morning where man is treated with humanity and with dignity of labor, of knowledge, of skills, and knowledge or just be themselves with life to live and share the message that man is here to live and let live. No amount of darkness, harshness, thunder, and ashes will hold the seed from sprouting. On a day when it sees loving care and energy from high above to create, procreate, and propagate and meet the maker, world has been existing not since last night or a night before, not since just some tens of thousands of nights prior, but since eternity. Was it recycled and recreated, not knowing how many births she might have taken before? Just as the past is dark, winding into a future bleak, is there a time when the matter is all gulped into that dark matter that was spewed out fumes of fumes, hissing and hurling huge planets and gaseous worlds? which is a while since a whole different ball game that was much, much a four of your father's forefathers' lore. Now, what was that you said? Which seed or barn you are from? Pardon? Je ne comprends pas. Which field are you from? Opendent radish? K2. I can hear you now. I'm awesome. so excited. <laughs> awesome. I'm so happy that you were able to hear me. You know, I don't know what I don't know what happened because everyone was saying they could hear both of us. So you're trying to talk and I'm sitting there asking, Uma Uma, where are you? And you're saying, I'm I'm right here, right? So you guys could hear me. <laughs> Maybe you were muted you have muted Annoyingly, or I don't know. No, there's no way for that to happen unless I distinctively yeah, open yeah. up a panel and hit that button. So it's like you know, I have to lift lift the curtain to to hit the red button, and that never happens. So mm-hmm. I and it did this to me last week. It was really weird. 
So, yeah, I don't know what was that. That was all about. It was crazy. But I'm glad I can hear you now, so I am very happy. I didn't hear the whole thing, but I heard the, major- I heard the majority of it, I think. And it was just <laughs> phenomenal. I as well, you know, shared the link to that. So it it doesn't matter if you haven't heard, you know, my voice anyway. And um, I may be even to it sometime later also at another show at another time. But mm-hmm. if you do not have time for another poem, that's okay. But I do have another poem that I wrote oh, today. Please, yes, yes. And this is called Plain Old Traditions. He was bent upon marrying her. I just want to marry only her, he said. His people were unhappy. Mother wept and sisters-in-law couldn't see her suffering. He didn't care for horoscopes nor clan, or sub-clan, or kin. I don't care. I want to marry her. That's all that matters. Bride's parents and relatives, in fact, told the chivalrous girl that it's okay, as they say, find someone, or be someone's love of life, or reason to be. Long time later, he tells her, after her kids are grown and married, that the reason he wanted to have her for his wife was since she spoke so sophisticated as though she paid no attention to his words. She said, pardon, when he said something that was different from her lingo. He decided then and there to teach her what it caused to not pay attention when he said, to have her bound in a marriage and take his liberty with him. No questions need be asked why she is what she is today. No matter how much he rationalizes in holding her back, her creativity, her knowledge, her verbal abilities, despite all, she said he is who is taking care of her. And he would show her to open up and show her creativity if one thing closes. He shows 10 other ways as well as abilities for her to be self-sufficient, tolerant, understanding, and forgiving, despite him saying things that could offend her for the rawness that just made it clear to her why he married her. She, to him, may be anything, yet it cannot be called a relationship of Respect or love. It may be superior to that. That he is a person who just wants to be loyal to his ego and feels his life miserable if it is ever heard. So they are married till this day, as she knows, in heart, he is not yet liberated from his ego or need for dominance. Until how long? She smiled at the end of the winding of time that waits for none. End poem. <laughs> Only her. That was so <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I think that you had fun writing that one. <laughs> I am almost done, but, well, it can be done. 
new poems come up and new ideas new thoughts will come up so why should any anyone have the liberty to hurt you or look down upon you because it's you and you is not something that can be held back you is something that is you a creativity of him which knows its way out no matter what so rise yeah. up need the sunshine you are the sunshine sunshine you are it you are the life so absolutely beautifully said you are incredible so you know just in case you're wanting to wonder <laughs> All right, Uma. Do me a favor, sweetheart. Thank you for helping us get through that fun little episode there and reading. And uh, before you take off, I need you to tell everyone how to find you. Well, um, I am I am alive when I say hello to you all in Miss Naila Alicia's show, and my poems can be found on. poemhunter.com for uma pochampalli goparaju um and also have my poetry by uma pochampalli dot blogspot.com and a few of my poems have seen the sunlight by being printed in two books one of which is called um it's a blurb um, publications Brian Dixon is um, the senior editor that have edited that and the book is called um it's called A Sunset Sail on a Moonlit Night and it's done beautifully beautifully edited and just to see how how beautifully uh Mr. Brandickson have edited it we need to look at it even if we have, whether we want to buy it or not you can go to the website and take a look at it and just see how wonderful their creativity is mine is just taking birth in that creativity i felt and especially some of the poems that they have designed is absolutely next to nothing that i have ever seen in my life and uh another poem a poetry a few poems from my heart is the title of the poetry book and it's on amazon it's called create space and i have edited it i'm not very good at editing but then all my good poems are there in it you can some of them have may have been repeated but you can have a look at that rest of them i keep writing them things like you know backside of torn out papers used papers and stuff like that which we may never find or may find if they are lucky all about me is that <laughs> i'm but a neater i'm here now and gone later and let's make noise while we're here right <laughs> silly girl. All right, Emma. Will we talk to you next week? I will come back. Thank you awesome. so much, Nell. 
You're very welcome, sweetheart. We'll talk to you soon, honey. Uh huh. Bye-bye. <laughs> bye bye. <laughs> bye. My sweet silly Uma. I love her so much. Okay, so we are having issues with the board. I may end up playing some audio tracks for you here in a little bit. I do have my darling sweet love waiting patiently to come on. I'm going to grab him now. Eight six three. I'm gonna wait a minute. Where did he go? No, that's the wrong one. Eight six three. I don't know who that. You're eight six three. You're next. Wrong. Five eight five. Five eight five. You are on the air. Okay, now I'm jealous. I'm playing second fiddle to eight six three. I don't know who eight six three is, but that's no, Noreen. Right. <laughs> First of all, I want to tell you that you, we could hear everything except for the fact that since you couldn't hear it, you were talking through it with questions about can you be heard. But I could hear both you and the reader just as as any normal program at that point. So I just that want you to know. So that. Cr- I don't know why it's doing it. That That's crazy. It did that exact same thing last week. So it's something in the monitoring on your end, but the the show was flowing fine. Okay. Well, thank you, my dear. You would you would be the right person to tell me this. Well, anybody with ears could tell you. No, it, it was fine. I didn't have ears, obviously. I think mine just went away. No, you got a problem, but that's where it is on your end. It's just in your hearing. It's not in what comes over the air. Oh God, I'm getting old. Just your ability to hear it. And it's not because you're getting old. It's because something's not working right. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so anyway, um, anyway, so yesterday I happened into an uh, an old favorite uh, open mic that I haven't been to in a long time because I was doing some other work, and I just wanted to listen. And then you know, you can't really do that, and it's no, not really no. fair, not really fair to do that either. So I dug into. I didn't have anything with me, so I went on my phone. So I found this poem that I I said, wow, this I haven't I haven't even seen this in like three four years, and uh, so it's it's a reverie, and it's a romantic sensual reverie, and I couldn't think of who it was about. <laughs> it was a true it's it's a true reverie of mine, and I couldn't think of who in the world is this about, until I came across a line that references a bar in Chicago. And that put oh, well, the, that was me. Oh, well, okay. Well, I didn't want to tell everybody, but okay, now the cat's off the bag. <laughs> <laughs> so, That's what you said when you shut off the lights. Well, you know, but you, you, you leave us something. <laughs> I'm just teasing you. <laughs> this is called The Kiss. I love your talk. When you are speaking, I don't need to. And yet communication is complete. In your voice, there's an unpretentious yet unfettered authority. Sometimes I answer a question, but I always listen. I see us sitting in a booth like the one in the green mill or some other palace of leisure established in a bygone era. You are speaking, and I am in rap, transfixed by your voice and words, captured by the pools of fire that are your eyes. I lean forward. Eyes fixed attentively and place my hand gently on your right shoulder. I scoot toward you just to inhabit your space. 
And as you recite and seem to sing what must be important thoughts and wise musings, my face is moving ever closer to yours. Your flowered summer dress has been pushed back above the knee as my right hand has crept halfway up your inner thigh. There's a steamy moistness to your skin as I move even closer to your softening voice. Your eyelids flutter and close and your lips part slightly. Time for a kiss. Our lips meet gracefully in gratitude as my fingers boldly climb between your thighs and are finally trapped, clasped hungrily between them. Our waiter, <clears throat> our waiter patiently, discreetly clinks the silverware on a glass to announce that he has returned to our, to our corner bathed in blue light. This is our kiss. He can wait. Your eyes open slowly as you begin to utter, Doug, I, your words are lost, caught up in passion in the moment of a kiss. I do love your talk. And poem. <laughs> you know, I love that you don't remember the name, but you remember the kiss. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, I remember it all now. But I had to I had to have that reference to the Green Mill. The Green Mill is a bar in Chicago with a great big long wooden bar that wraps around the in- interior with a bandstand behind it. As in the old days, they would have a band behind the bar. Mm-hmm. And the claim to fame for this for this bar is that it was Al Capone's hangout in the twenties. But it's you know it's a it's a place, man. People get dressed up and go there, you know. It's, it's like something people don't do almost anywhere. You know, men and women with, you know, with dresses and, and sport coats and not feeling like they feel all dressed up, but they're just supposed to be, you know, you're, you're out in public, you know, look like something, look like somebody, you know, look like you're glad to be with who you're with and you want to make yourselves look good. So it's a, in other words, it's a, it's a place for grown people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's exactly. a place for grown. They play jazz and people have drinks and people have too many drinks and don't act a fool. Go figure. <laughs> well, I'm really sorry to say that wasn't me because had it been me, I would have remembered. Well, yeah, if it so. ever gets me, it'll be a hell of a memory. <laughs> okay. I couldn't be immortalized in a poem. I loved it. I thought it was romantic. It was beautiful. It was sensual. Absolutely perfect. Well, thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm glad I was able to find it yesterday so I could bring it here tonight. I am too. I, I have so what else you got for me, Doug? Yeah, well, this is called Old Death. Old Death. You have not come for me, but just to let me see you are never far. You need always be close with a living leaves, suddenly, slowly, inexplicably. You near, don't hide your face. I saw your face in my mother's eyes as we all had gathered to lay my brother to rest. Was that your way? Did you mean to say that she would be next? And she was next. In the pitiful whimper of a cancerous dog, you foretold his demise and another brother soon. The older I grow, the more I know you, and the more and more you take 
and the less and less I have left. These lost pieces of my life you have in your store. You prepare a place for me, custom made by the many. Oh, death, take all that is dear, until when you come for me, I shall have nothing left. Do not come for me yet, but take my life every day, slowly, until none does. And then I will be ready and all. I really like that, but I'll never be ready. I want a time. I want. A, I want time travel to exist, or, or get bit by a vampire, so that you know, like I can still be here seeing what's going on in a thousand years. The Speakeasy Cafe could still be on the air a thousand years from now if I could. If somebody would please send a vampire over. Well, okay, that's that's a way to look at it. And that's I'll only it. eat bad people, okay? Well, all right, but I just want you to know, and I think everyone listening will agree with this, that should something happen where you're not here, we would all make it our mission to keep the Squeezy Cafe going and keep your name. You know Seriously, I think about that. You know, because I've lost some people recently. There, I, I was very, very close to some very good friends. And how do you prepare for that? And I'm thinking, you know, what happens if one day someone just comes on my page and there's a notice saying, yo, I'll kick the bucket. What would I do? What would this? What would, what would I've got to figure that out? I got to have a line of succession in place. Nobody has the password to any of this. Nobody could do it. Nobody would be able to access anything, and that's that's just crazy. And well, maybe not. Maybe that's that's when when you, when this program will have run its course. You know. What about you know? I have I have my radio show that I've been on since 1982, and I've long ago settled for the fact that one day, maybe if there's two guys sitting on the bench, two old guys and one says to the other, you know, did you used to listen to the blues on the Friday night? What, on 88.5? Yeah. Yeah, you. And and if they could have that conversation, then the impact that I need is amazing to be made. So your poetry prompt for the week is to write a poem that is that conversation. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, I will do that. Now that that sounds fun. I will do that. And that means I have to be here next week, and I will. Oh, is that what I have to do? I just have to bait you with poetry prompts. <laughs> I can do that. No, listen, sweetie, don't you want me to be busy? Don't you want me to be productive? Don't you want me to be a man of my community just as you are a woman of this world? I mean, you've got this whole world. I'm just trying to get this corner over here, be known that I was here. Well, I'll share the world with you, but, you know, I just request three hours a week. That's okay. it. You know. Well, next, so, next week, got it. If you think about all the people who want things from you in your life, I'm probably like pretty low on the totem pole of expectations. I don't ask yeah. too much. No, but you know, you're you're a person who who for whom I really want to come through. That's why <laughs> I try not. To, I don't want to overpromise. I but, yeah. know you get have life and things get in the way, and when you're not here, you are absolutely missed terribly. And yes, I do go over and stock your page and make sure that you know your posts and stuff, and you're still alive and kicking. And it's like, okay, well, he's fine. I can go back to my, you know my regularly scheduled program and go do dishes or whatever because I know you're fine. But you know, when when you're gone, you're missed, and when you're here, you're appreciated. So just know that, please. Thank you, thank you, and and I feel the same way, and that's why I drop in. 
I'll, I'll drop in and feel at the last minute, oh, shit, I got to find something to read. Because I didn't really come to read. I came to be here, and I came to hear the people that I know I, I will hear on there, including yourself, but also including other people who I've also heard tonight. And I come to be here and be in the presence of, of this whole phenomenon that you got going on. And then I figure, okay, well, I better read something so I can say that I added something to it, or at least I did my part. <laughs> But I love it. Um, you add you add so much to it. Thank you. Well, thank you. And uh, I am Doug Curry. Um, my uh, my Facebook page got I don't know got hacked, so I had to recreate it as Douglas Curry. My mother will smile down on that because that's what she named me. Name anybody Doug. So it's Douglas Curry on Facebook. And it's Manchild, M-A-N-C-H-I-L-L-D, 99, Manchild 99 on uh, com, And uh, here every Thursday that I can get here. Absolutely perfect. And I can't ask for more than that. Well, I can, but I won't. (laughs) <laughs> well, let's work on it. Let's work on it. Let's start with me being here next week and bringing a poem having to do with those two guys who used to listen to Blacks and Blues. I'm dead now. You, you killed me, but I, I'll, I'll have to go. <laughs> I'll have to take that. <laughs> you already you killed me for for this poem, but, you know, there, there it is. <laughs> well, we'll have none of that. All so right. We'll have, we'll have a poem that works in that, that vein, Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right, we'll talk to you soon, Doug. Honey, great job tonight. All right, babe. Take care. You too. All right, Miss Noreen, it is your turn. Um, um, hello, Nyla. Um, um, how you doing? I'm doing awesome. How are you, beautiful girl? Yeah, I'm doing good. And and this has been an awesome show tonight. It's always is every week. <laughs> Even with our little hiccups, we still have fun, right? Yes. Yes. Yes, because we, cause we don't let that get get us down because, because you know, we still enjoy the show. Yeah. Noreen, did you know that you were in the chat right now with my beautiful niece? Yes. Oh, I forgot to tell her hello. It didn't hit me. I know that's your niece because I, I am following her on her um on her singing. But um, I went on there last night hearing her singing, and I haven't been on there a while because I was on Pocosa, but now I ain't been on Pocosa in a long time. So uh, I'm behind in everything. Isn't so. she amazing? Yes, she is. Oh my God, she can sing. And <laughs> she with, can. can. And, and with, that, with the other guy, there's another guy. Oh, he reminds me. I forget who he reminds me of, but um, I heard um, um, heard um, uh, her sing with him before. Oh wow, this was out of this world. Well, got a, I'm having problems awesome, with the- amazing voice. I'm having problems with the phone lines right now, so it's only you and me on here. We've got Douglas on hold, but nobody else okay. can get into the lines right now. So okay. we're just going to hang out for a second. So before you start reading, do you want to hear a recording I have of her singing? Oh, yes. I sure do. Okay. So we are taking a musical break while we work on these phone lines, and this is beautiful Rosalind singing Thriller. Here we go.
close to midnight And something evil's lurking in the dark Under the moonlight You see a sight that almost stops your heart You try to scream But terror takes a sound before you make it You start to freeze As terror looks you right between the eyes You're paralyzed This is thriller Thriller night And no one's gonna save you From the beast about to strike Thriller Thriller night You're fighting for your life Inside a killer Thriller tonight
Isn't that wow. beautiful? Yes, that's beautiful. Wow. Uh, wow. I'm speechless. That is so beautiful. She did mm-hmm. a great, great job. Awesome. She did. I I was blown away the yes. first time I heard that. That I mean, I was floored. My jaw was on the floor. It's like, how can this voice and I share any DNA at all? <laughs> wow. I, mean, I had a singing group when I was little, and my dad called us the three toilet seats because we sang like shit. Wow. You know. Mm-hmm. I just I wow. she's just absolutely impressive for sure. So I just yes, thought you'd like is. to hear that. I'm trying to kill some time wow. because my lines are dead. But now you know what we get to do, right, Noreen? Yes, I'm here, Gary's poem. Hear Gary's poem. Yep. Okay. Um, I'm going to read his poem called "Don't Be in Competition." Okay. Don't be in competition with those you are training. Remember, you are the trained and the trainer. Don't do Don't to those who love you and trust you. Do, do what you are supposed to do. Give your love, your honesty, and your support in every way. Do not leave them stranded mentally or physically. Remember who you are serving for. The end. That's incredible. Yes, yes. Such a brilliant man. Y- yeah, he is. I always told him that he he he, he belongs in a, a men's society. I told him, he said, no, I'm not. I said, yeah, you do. I said, you you can use these fancy words, you know. And he, when him and Jay David talk, they would talk, you know, real fancy. And, and I said, y'all talk so fancy. Using those 25-cent words, huh? Well, the big words. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. Do you want to read another one of his, since we're having line yes. issues, you can do two of his and two of yours? Okay. 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 I would love this one. Um, money has spoiled, and um, this is one, um, this is a, the uh, the theme poem for the, our club, the poetry club. Okay. Money has spoiled. Money has spoiled everything but poetry. We all need truth, the value of our words is worth more than our money. We can't let our freedom of speech and personal feelings be destroyed and distorted by the influence of profit. The truth must be told about our past in order to use these truths to help guide the future of mankind on this earth. The end. Very, very wise man. Yes, yes. Absolutely. Words to live by, you guys. Yes. All right. So, Miss Noreen. Okay. Um, um, I, I have, um, okay, I, I did my homework, and you, um, there's two lines in your portrait prompts last week I use in this. It's called, when the, the, one, the first line is, when the sky dances and collars sing, and the other line is, wishing for wings. I use both of them in this poem. Okay. And it's called a, a live concert. When the sky dances and colors sing, thunder roars and the lightning flashes like being on a disco stage. I know you're playing your guitar in heaven, serenading me as angels pluck their harps, wishing for wings so I could fly 
and watch and hear you in person like a live concert on a disco stage. The end. That was beautiful. Okay, thank you. Okay. And then I have a haiku. Um, another beautiful day. Okay. I, I haven't I think that's what I'm gonna name it. Either either another beautiful day or be thankful. I ain't sure yet. Okay. Um be thankful when you arise from the bed knowing you're alive and here the end. Okay, so yeah, great poem, but it wasn't long enough, so I think you have to read another one. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. 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 Um, words, my best friend. They say diamonds are some women's best friend. Oh, but they weren't talking to me. For words are my sidekick, and it will be for life. Oh, I just love to write for all my life. It can uplift me, too, just like a friend. It makes me smile, sad, or angry. These words, I can pen a poem any style. My words, I convey a message to all. My life will always make room for writing, my friend. Friend, your words can be there for you, your life. The end. Aww. Instead of the sustina, I never could write a sustina. I still ain't yet. But this is a um, half of the sustina. What do you call it? Try something. Uh oh. <laughs> I forgot the name of it now. I'm sorry. I think I, I apologize. Think half sustina works fine. Okay. I like that. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. That that works well. Okay. <laughs> okay. So I I have something I want to tell you. Okay. All right, so we had, let me pull this up so I make sure I'm telling you I got this, which one it is. This is my hold music. Okay, so we did the drawings. We had that special drawing for the show sponsors, remember? Yes. And Melvin Douglas Johnson was one of our winners. Yes. And he passed away before I could get his surprise out to him. Yes. So I'm not sure if you know this, but he used to talk to me about you a lot. Like he would ping me when you were reading and stuff like that. And he absolutely oh, wow. adored you. Wow! I didn't. Wow! Because he would. He would. He. He. he um. I. I was honored when he. When he said. When I asked him to. To. Um. Asked him if he would come on. Hundred. Hundred thousand poets for change last year, and he mm-hmm. did. I was so honored to hear him being on there, and um. You can still see it because still there. Um, you can see it on on my YouTube stage, and you can hear it on the archives. And Michael um, Michael um, Rothenberg put it on um, on archives now. It's on archive dot org, and it's an well, that's honor. Awesome. Yes. Well, I am going. I know that if he were sitting here with me right now, he'd say, "I can't use this. I can't have that. It'll just fall right through my hands up here in heaven." So, mm-hmm. why don't you send it to Noreen for me? Oh wow. So I am going to send you 
what I was going to send to I've got a package for you started anyway, but I'm gonna to send to you your the what I was gonna to send to Melvin because I wow. think that would mean something to him and wow. I think it would to you as well. Wow, thank you. And he's the one who told me about that too. I told you it comes on the second Sunday. Oh no, I think mm-hmm. my mind went blank. He's the one who told me he said, I know you'll like it and I do, I do. Yeah. Yeah. It's incredible. Always reaching out to people, yes. always sharing. So yes. if it's if it's okay with you, I would really like to be able to do that in honor of him. Oh wow. Thank you. Yes, I'll accept. Oh, that's awesome. an honor. Wow. Cool, cool, cool. All right, sweetheart. Oh, and Doug Curry, by the way, let's see if he's still on hold. Okay. Doug, you were one of the uh, winners of the thing, too, but I need your address, or I can't send you your surprise. So if you if you trust me not to stalk you or invite you to a bar in Chicago... <laughs> ping me ping me your address in Messenger and I will get your surprise out to you as one of the sponsor drawing winners. Okay. All right, Noreen. Tell everyone how to find you guys, love. Okay. Um you can find Gary and I on um on our uh, you can find our books on Amazon dot com and um you can also um find um find us on our official website, um Gary and Noreen Snyder dot dot com um front slash um port, port, portry and you can find um um uh, gary on reverbnation dot com on um uh facebook dot com and poetrypoem dot com and you can find me on um um reverbnation dot com um facebook dot com and poetrypoem dot com and you can also um find um uh, um, us on the Poetry Club, and we already ha- we already have over five hundred about five hundred and fifty seven uh, 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 members already, and that is so awesome. I never thought it could happen. I was only expecting. I didn't think it was going to be over five. I was so shocked. <laughs> mm-hmm. I really I did. I didn't think four four point three about four or five. Really I didn't think anybody. <laughs> I didn't think, mm-hmm. but I was so shocked when I when I had. And then, um, and then, um, you can also find us on, um, ko-fi.com, front slash Gary and Noreen. It's K-O, um, hyphen mark, the hyphen mark, F-I.com, um, front slash Gary and Noreen. And then you can find us on here on Thursdays, um, every Thursday on Stiggy Cafe. And then you can also find me on, um, how um have a um chat with poet Noreen every um last Tuesday of each month, and this month you're gonna um, we're gonna hear um Star Star Severon, and then next month we'll hear Robbie, then hopefully um I'm, I'm ta- this is in the works Michael Rothenberg will will be on too, and I'll be on the um but he's sick right now so I'm hoping he'll get better. And I'm praying for he get better, and then that's on the work too. He wants to wants to be on too, so that's awesome. Very cool. Yes. Okay. All right, dear. So you planning on being here next week? Yes, I'll be here next Thursday. All right. Well, we will be waiting to hear from you, and 
Thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing all those poems. Okay, and thank we'll, you. We'll talk to you then, hon. Okay, okay. See, see, you, on, okay, see you next Thursday. Okay. <laughs> see you next Thursday. Okay. Talk to you later. Okay. I don't say goodbye. I know, mm. I know. Okay. Okay. okay, so we are having some issues, you guys, with the lines. As I said, if you are trying to call in and you're getting that fast, busy signal, keep trying. It will let you in eventually. I'm going to go ahead and play some tracks. I've got one by Eddie Oliver that's kind of like my Inagata de Vida, which back in the radio days, if you were on the air and it's like, oh, my God, I have to pee so bad. But it's not time for for a commercial break yet. What am I going to do? Oh, my God, what am I going to do? So you grab Ina Gata DeVita, which is like the longest song in play history ever. It was like you know, it was three hours and 37 minutes. Okay, maybe it wasn't that long, but it seemed like it long. Anyway, so this is my Ina Gata DeVita version of <laughs> my spoken word tracks. And it is Eddie Oliver, and it is called, where'd it go, where'd it go? There we go. Beautiful beginnings. And the first part of this where he's talking about the coffee shop is really cool because that's actually his part of a collab that him and I wrote together. And we used to go on different shows, and he would read his part, and I would read my part, and it was very cool. So I, I love listening to this and hearing the, the coffee shop part of the poem. And then the rest, of course, is all written about his beautiful wife. All right, here you go. Eddie Oliver, Beautiful Beginnings. be the first chapter, I call it life, beautiful as it is in, in the beginning, never thinking about an ending, just thinking about building, creating that solid foundation to stand on, trusting, hoping that you don't stand alone, just, just hoping, nose wide open, walking on faith, just trying to keep pace, trying not to lose the race of, of everyday, everyday life. Sitting in a little coffee shop just sipping, writing To the naked eye doing nothing exciting, man She was just sipping, writing But it was something about her Something that made me wonder as she sat there alone over yonder Just sipping, writing What was she writing? Was it poetry? She looked up, man, and, and she finally noticed me And, and she smiled so beautiful it was, like, like looking at the river now, because, because so beautiful she was. So, so I smiled. She went back to writing. Doing nothing exciting, man. And, and, and I just stood there and admired and wanted to walk on over and introduce myself. But because of my shyness, I decided to retire. To a chair, two tables down. Quiet, without a hint of a sound, I just sat there sipping, gazing. Admiring her from a distance because her beauty and her innocence were so amazing. Her, her smile was so intoxicating. Her, her eyes were so engaging. Uh, the ten-second glance made my heart start racing. As if I was high on drugs, straight freebasing. 
I just sat there and daydreamed of, of me and her taking flights to far off places. Turning off our cell phones while, while we took long vacations in, in hard to reach nations. Made me wonder who was this lady. Kept me sipping, gazing, driving me half crazy with anticipation. Nervous I am. She got me caught up in her aura like, like, like this. <laughs> Yo, who is this lady? I say sipping. Coffee shop chilling. <laughs> I'm yet to know her name, but somehow I seem to be catching feelings. I wonder, I ponder, does she come here often? Or will she be interested in me and her doing some get to know you talking? And hope that maybe we can become good friends and do some par walking. <laughs> Hold up. I find that I'm jealous of the way that she holds that pen. I kind of wish that it was me that she was holding. I kind of wish that I was that napkin that she was folding, touching. It's like behind our coffee cups, man, we're playing a sexy game of seduction, hiding, peeking. She's got my attention, no diversions, no interruptions, just, just gazing, lusting, hiding, seeking. Every time she sits on her cup, it, it hides that devilish grin like she wants to sing, like she's flirting, inviting me to come on over, come on in. I wish it was me that she was sipping. Should I say I wish it was me that she was kissing? See, this be beautiful beginning. The beginning be the alpha. As it is written, it be the first chapter. They call it life. Beautiful as it is in the beginning. Never thinking about an ending, just, just thinking about building. Creating that solid foundation to stand on. Trusting that you don't stand alone. Just... Just hoping, nose wide open, walking on faith. Just trying to keep pace, trying not to lose the race of everyday life. Life, life, life. I see you. Do you see me? Kissing on a white sandy beach, making love surrounded by palm trees. I worship you because you made me believe that that God, that God said that you and I. Are you and I were meant to be, you are so heavenly. I can't help but believe that, that God sent you to me because you put me at peace and, and to him I am forever grateful. I know sometimes, baby, that I can be a handful and for that, I apologize. Melt me with those maple brown eyes. But you handle me like, like the way trees slow in an autumn breeze, so gentle, so smooth. I, I can't help but be in love with you because you make it so easy. Sleep with me. Dream with me to a far place where, where no one can find us, where it's just us. Caught up in the rush of our lust as we make love from dawn to dust. As I look down and see you beneath me, looking up at me, smiling, sometimes staring me down, making love to me with your eyes as you hold on tight for the ride. I, I love you. I love, I love the feel of your thigh. Where your flesh feels against my flesh, the way your chest feels against my chest, the way we pause, we take deep breaths, deep, deep, deep breaths. Just the thought of knowing that you are mine makes me lose all track of time. So we end up making love for hours just, just because there's nothing else to do. It's just you on top of me and me on top of you. 
With the sweetest smell of romance in the room I, I take a whiff to consume the perfume Because I want the smell of you with, with me all day Just one whiff, just one sniff takes my breath away Got me finding, got me finding, got me feeling, got me feeling, got me feeling to see you on the next day the exact same way Me looking down at you And you staring up at me Can't think of a better position For us to be So just love me And if you feel it in your heart Girl It's just married With the thought of knowing that This is what God always wanted us to be You see it's beautiful in the beginning The beginning is the alpha the beginning be the alpha as it is written, it, it be the first chapter they call life. Beautiful as it is in the beginning. Never thinking about an ending, just, just thinking about building. Creating that solid foundation to stand on. Trusting. Hoping that you don't stand alone, man. Just, just hoping. Nose wide open. Walking on faith. Just trying to keep pace. Trying not to lose the race of everyday life. Life. This, this be my Monday morning blue. I find myself caught up in the rapture Just longing, longing for her Missing her, her heavenly touch Oh so very much Like I didn't just see her on Sunday Yet I find myself daydreaming about her I find myself daydreaming about her all day All day on Monday Daydreaming about all the love making we did over the weekend To no end, it just got me lonely Daydreaming about her once again as I long for her kiss I look at my t-shirt that she had online across my bed And I can't help but reminisce I pick it up and click close to me Close my eyes, take a deep breath and I can smell her scent Reminding me once again of the time that we spent just, just love making Smell is something out of a, a bath and body works And the sweet smelling aroma is enough to drop me to my knees As I shake my head like, like I'm about to repent it's just the smell of moonlight path Reminding me of our sexy, sexy hour-long bubble bath Or was it the smell of a midnight pomegranate? You see, it's been less than 24 hours, y'all Since she's been gone and, and already, man, already I can't stand it I'm just lonely Longing for her I'm fine I'm feeling I'm fine I'm feeling for her love Like an addict addicted to a drug She, she got, she got me on that crack, y'all <laughs> Got to have it like that Spike Lee joint Y'all I need You see I, I need it y'all I, I need it in the worst way Like a fiend that, that can't stay clean Look, look at me y'all she, she got me shaking She got me shaking Just thinking about the crazy love Making I'm going through withdrawal From the lack of it all From the lack of her kiss From the lack of her touch From the lack of her love That I miss oh so much And she just left this homeboy alone like, like yesterday You see, this be my Monday morning blues I'm gonna be this way until the weekend rolls back around Just fine Just feeling Just feeling, y'all I'm gonna be this way until her Until I hear the sound of her walking through my door I'm gonna be this way until Friday Just fine Just, just feeling I do this dance all over again We gon' do this romance again All freaking weekend You <laughs> see it's beautiful in the beginning The beginning be the alpha as it is written It, it be the first chapter they call life 
beautiful as it is in the beginning, never thinking about an ending, just thinking about building, creating that solid foundation to stand on, trusting, hoping that you stand alone, just hoping, nose wide open, walking on faith, just trying to keep the pace, trying not to lose the race of everyday life. Proverbs 18.22 states that he that finds a wife uh, finds a good thing and obtains favor, obtains favor in the Lord. And I guess that means that, that I have found favor, much favor, much favor, y'all, because I have surely found me a good thing. I stand here today and I, I say to you that I, <laughs> that I, Eddie L. Oliver, oh man, I have found a wife. So when I can trust, someone I can love, Someone that loves and believes in me just as I love and believe in her. Someone that I vow to cherish. Someone that I, I vow to protect with my very last breath until death. Until death. Until death. Until death, y'all. Until death you us apart. You see, she, uh, she and only she with, with all her beauty and her brains and her amazing smile. And she, ah, uh, yes, she, she was the one who was good enough to capture my heart. And I wasn't even looking for love. When I wasn't even looking for, for my heart to be captured. When I, when I didn't even know, y'all, that, that love existed. When I didn't even know that love was looking for me, man. She, she captured my heart. And I say to you that somehow, some way, some way, y'all, <laughs> we found each other. Through the mist and the fog, through, through the tall buildings and towering trees, y'all. Somehow, uh, some way, man, we... We, we found each other Like two ships lost in the night Like like two people lost in the wilderness Like like two people standing at sea You see, we Oh man, we found each other Like in John 9, 25, man All I know is Once I was blind But now I see Now I can see what love truly is Now I can see what, what love must, must look like And it's a beautiful thing, y'all Cause now my eyes are wide open now I know, now I know that, that he who finds a wife, surely, surely, surely finds a good thing. I'm here to say, y'all, that I have surely found me a good thing. <laughs> you see, it's, it's beautiful in the beginning. <laughs> Yo, beginning be the alpha as it is written, it be the first chapter they call life. Beauty as it is in the beginning. Never thinking about it and then just thinking about building, creating that solid foundation to stand on, trusting, hoping that you don't stand alone, just hoping, nose wide open, walking on faith, just trying to keep pace, trying not to lose the race of every day, of every day, of every day life.
that was Eddie Oliver with Beautiful Beginnings, absolutely amazing. And again, my version of Inagata DeVita in poetry. Did you know, a little fun fact, that the song, and some of you may not even know what that song is or have ever heard of it, but Inagata DeVita was originally supposed to be in the Garden of Eden. A little fun trivia fact there. Okay, so... You have been listening to the Speakeasy Cafe, Open Mic Poetry Show, The Sound of Ink. I want to thank all of our callers, all of our listeners for being here tonight and making it such a fun, fantastic evening. We will be back here next week at the same time. I am going to close the show, as promised, with a piece by Jimmy Ray Davis called All the Little Boys. He lost a whole bunch of his poetry, but luckily I still have some on my switchboard, so we're going to play this so he can copy it down and get it back. Jimmy Ray Davis, all little boys. We'll see you guys next week. Good night, everybody. Broken guitars and teddy bears. Bits and pieces of the moon. All the orphans at St. Basil's will be coming home real soon. I thought I saw a dragon hawk flying fearless in the sky. But it was just a burning rag from some local industrial fire. Broken toys and dirty cups, frayed rope swing in a tree. All the little boys in the choir are singing just for you and me. I thought I heard a whippoorwill wailing helpless in the dark. It was just the sound of angels crying somewhere for a broken heart. Broken kites and toppled forts growing up way too fast. How will all those little boys make memories that will last? I thought I dreamt about you, girl. But all along you've been here The muddy windows of my heart Have suddenly become quite clear Broken bones and sterile rooms A cast with classmates' names Little boys go back to dark houses Victims in twisted wicked games I thought I saw a little boy Smiling as he fished a pond But as he faded with the sun Realized he was already Dead and gone Broken dreams and cigarettes Burn away in a wisp of smoke If you hold me tight, baby I can pretend life is just a joke. I thought I heard you laughing, but it was just the north wind. If I wish hard on a fallen star, maybe you'll fall for me again.